Good evening, everyone. Today is Monday, July 10th, and the public safety meeting is now called to order. We begin to acknowledge that the land on which we gather and is that currently known as the city of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tongva and Gabrielino Kritz people. Um, now we'll have the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, Commissioner Aramian, would you please lead us? Everyone, please rise, hand over your heart. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Commission Secretary, can I please get a roll call? Commissioner Blau? Aye. Commissioner Ramian? Aye. Commissioner Freiberg? Here. Commissioner Harrison? Aye. Commissioner Nickel? Here. Commissioner Saltzman? Aye. Chair Hallman? Here. We have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, approval of the agenda um, is our item four. Are there any changes to tonight's agenda? Staff, um, can I get a motion to approve the agenda, please? Move we approve the agenda. And a second? Second. Great. Um, Commissioner Secretary, can I get another roll call, please? Commissioner Blau? Aye. Commissioner Ramian? Aye. Commissioner Freiberg? Aye. Commissioner Harrison? Aye. Commissioner Nickel? Aye. Commissioner Saltzman? Aye. Chair Hallman. Aye. The agenda is approved. Thank you. Approval of the minutes. Um, the, on the agenda is the approval of the minutes. Are there any changes to the minutes from our meeting dated June 12th, 2023? Commissioners? Uh, can I get um, a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Second. Great. Commission Secretary, can I get another roll call, please? Commissioner Blau? Aye. Commissioner Ramian? Aye. Commissioner Freiberg? Aye. Commissioner Harrison? Aye. Commissioner Nickel? Aye. Commissioner Saltzman? Aye. Chair Hallman? Aye. The minutes are approved. Great. Thank you. Um, item number six on our agenda um, are comments from the public. Um, Commission Secretary, do we have any comments in chamber? Uh, yes. I see one running down the aisle like it's the price of right. <laughs> yes, we have two um, here in chambers. Amanda Laughlin, um, if you want to approach the podium, you'll have three minutes to speak. Hey there, uh, Amanda Laughlin, former public safety chair and commissioner. Um, I am Supervisor Horvath's uh, field deputy for the West Hollywood area now, and I just wanted to come by and say hi. If anybody needs anything from the county, let me know. And I wanted to uh, come and check out and see what was happening with public safety in the city. That's it. Thanks. Thank you. Um, let's see if we have any public comments in Zoom. Uh, Chair, we have no uh, folks that have uh, logged on to Zoom. Okay. And no additional comments in Chambers? 
We have one more. We have Steve Martin, if you want to approach the podium. Steve Martin, West Hollywood. Uh, good seeing everybody. I just wanted to um, thank the city and the sheriff for the um, uh, engraving program for the catalytic converter. And uh, it was just a great experience. It probably took less time than getting a hamburger in and out. And so I'm hoping that we'll do that again. Uh, and maybe next time, uh, maybe the Auto Club of Southern California would sponsor it and they could send it to their members in West Hollywood and maybe get more people to do it. But it's a great program. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna keep my catalytic converter from getting stolen, but if it does get stolen, it'll keep it from getting sold. So at least we can get some solace off of that. But anyway, I wanted to thank the commission and the city and the sheriff for, for that. Thank you. And commission secretary, did anyone sign on in Zoom? We don't look to have any other public comments at this time. Okay, great. Uh, item seven, new business. Uh, item seven A on the agenda is the election of the commission chair. Uh, City Clerk Marissa Crowder will facilitate the commission election. Great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Commissioners, thank you for having me this evening. Yes, I am here to run your uh, chair and vice chair election. Uh, before I begin, are there any questions with regards to the process for how we conduct elections? I have a question uh, related to our commission specifically. So uh, are we, the bylaws state that um, the current chair cannot run for re-election. Um, am I correct in assuming that we are not going to suspend that rule given the second phrase in the bylaws that allow um, commissioners to run for chair if they haven't been on the commission for more than six months given the fact that aside from our chair, um, no one has been on our commission for longer than six months? So I think there's two separate things that the commission would need to decide this evening. So just for edification for the public, there is an eligibility requirement to be elected as chair, and that is that you have served on the commission for six months. So currently, the only person on the commission who has served over six months is Chair Hallman. So should, if it is the commission's will, the commission could make a vote to suspend the rule that a chair could only serve for one year to allow for Chair Hallman to be nominated. The other thing that the commission could do is they could waive the eligibility requirement. Again, that would have to be the will of the commission by a vote. So we'd need a motion, a second, and a vote on either of those two things. But it would be the will of the, however you want to proceed, and I would conduct the motion and vote based on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? Yeah, I do. Um, Ms. Crowder, I was actually watching uh, last month when you conducted the election for the Planning Commission, and this had come up, um, and I was watching and you read the bylaws, which are the same as the bylaws for our commission. All of the bylaws for all the city's commissions and advisory boards are the same. Yes. Right. So, um, as Commissioner Blau said, it would seem, according to this, 
that Chair Holman is not eligible under the bylaws as written, and therefore, since no one else is here who has served for six months, then it's open to any of us. It could be waived. And simply um, to keep the record clean and so that the public understands exactly what the commission is doing, I would like a motion on however you choose to proceed with either of those two things. So, again, I, Chair Holman is my friend and we've been friends for years and I don't want to be chair, just to be clear. But it seems that the bylaws are very clear in this to me. So I certainly think it's up to my fellow commissioners to make a decision that we should proceed with the election as the bylaws propose. Um, I appreciate Chair Hallman's willingness to step up and serve for a second term if he is willing to do that. Um, but the bylaws accommodate the situation. So I'd like to see if maybe we can just move forward and open it up to everyone. If that is the will of the commission, but again, I'd like to get a motion in a second on how, if you're choosing to waive the six month eligibility requirement or you're choosing to waive the chair's um, inability to run again or be nominated, I guess is a better term. I'm so I think we would need a, a verbal motion because um, I don't. Commissioner Saltzman. Yes, I'll move that we suspend the rule that limits the chair from serving in a second year. I second. So we have a motion on the floor and a second to suspend the rule that a chair can only serve a one-year term. Does everyone understand the motion on the floor? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do a roll call vote. Commissioner Blau. Uh, aye. Commissioner Aramian. Nay. Commissioner Freiberg. Can you, can you repeat the motion again? So the motion is to waive that the chair can only serve a one-year term. In, so in essence, it would make your current chair eligible for nomination as chair. Aye. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Harrison. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Nickel. Aye. Commissioner Salzberg. Aye. Or Saltzman, I'm sorry. And Chair Hallman. Um, before I vote, um, I believe Commissioner Aramian has something he needs to say. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I misunderstood. So I believe that a chair should have the experience and none of us here have been serving for more than six months. So I misunderstood my vote. So I'd like to retract that okay. and change it to aye. So you are voting yes, that we're gonna yes. waive the one year. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And Chair Hallman. Uh, aye, the same. Okay, so that was a unanimous vote that we are waiving the fact that the current chair can only serve for one year, which makes the current chair, Todd Hallman, eligible for nomination. So now we're going to proceed with the a nomination of your chair. So I will. I would also like to make a motion that we waive the rule uh, for six month eligibility of chair of the commission. Okay, is there a second? Seeing none, the motion fails. Um, I need clarification on that because am I correct, Director Rivas, that any changes that are made um, have to go through council, correct? The, 
That is true, as, as it relates to the bylaws or to the purview um, of the West Hollywood Municipal Code that guides the Public Safety Commission. That is true, but as um, the city clerk, um, Melissa Crowder, has mentioned that if um, given the unique circumstances uh, that this commission is in right now, um, if it is the will of the majority of the commission to um, suspend um, you know, a certain aspect of it in order to, to fill uh, the role of chair, um, then that is something that, that could be done this evening. Yeah, I guess my clarification, I just want to make sure all my fellow commissioners understand that if you know someone puts a motion, it doesn't go into effect immediately. It has to be presented to council, and so, they, in the end, would make that determination. So that's if we're making a permanent change to your bylaws. Okay, so, so this, are you, this is Commissioner just, Bauer, are you asking to make a permanent change? It was temporary to oh, facilitate okay. so and allow you. if any other commissioners wanted the opportunity to uh, nominate themselves for chair to allow them that opportunity as well, given we're all Got fresh it. faces. I understand. All right, thank you. You're welcome. So did everyone understand Commissioner Blau's motion? Okay, and I did not get a second, so that Motion does not move forward. So now I will en entertain nominations for chair. I would like to nominate Todd Hallman for chair. Second. Okay. So there's a motion and a second for Chair Todd Hallman to be chair again for the next year of this commission. I will now do a roll call vote. Commissioner Blau. Aye. Commissioner Aramian. Aye. Commissioner Freiburg. Aye. Commissioner Harrison. Aye. Commissioner Nickel. Aye. Commissioner Saltzman. Aye. Chair Hallman. Aye. Okay. Chair Todd Hallman is your chair again for the next year of the Public Safety Commission. So now we'll move to election of vice chair. There are no <laughs> requirements for vice chair. You don't have to have served for six months. The only other requirement was that the chair could not be vice chair, but we don't have to worry about that because he's chair again. So I will now entertain uh, nominations for vice chair. Uh, I'd like to nominate Commissioner Saltzman. I would second that. Any others? Okay, so I will now do a voice vote. So the nomination on the floor is for Commissioner Robert Saltzman to be your next vice chair. Commissioner Blau. Aye. Commissioner Freiberg. Aye. Commissioner Aramian, I got it out of order. Aye. <laughs> Commissioner Harrison. Aye. Commissioner Nickel. Aye. Commissioner Saltzman. Aye. Chair Hallman. Aye. So your new vice chair is uh, Robert Saltzman. Thank you very much. Do you want me to stay for this one? Um, you, you know, you, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. I was getting the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Director Rivas, are we moving on? We are, yes. Okay, um, item 7C, um, Public Safety Commission Purview Bylaws and Work Plan. Uh, Director Rivas will provide an overview of the purview under the West Hollywood Municipal Code, Chapter 2.60, review its established bylaws and discuss establishing a work plan. Uh, Director Rivas. 
Uh, thank you, Chair, and, and congratulations um, on your nomination and your um, election to chair, as well as uh, Vice Chair Saltzman. Um, Danny Rivas here, Director of Community Safety for the City of West Hollywood. Um, good evening uh, to members of the community also that are here um, in the council chambers. Um, I wanted to just uh, provide a brief overview following uh, last uh, commission's uh, meeting where uh, staff did inform the commission that uh, we would be bringing forth an item um, to the commission uh, in terms of going over uh, the West Hollywood Municipal Code, which actually uh, covers uh, the purview of the Public Safety Commission, and then in addition to that, review uh, the current and established bylaws. Um, and then lastly, discuss uh, the work plan for the Public Safety Commission, which um, is obviously the guiding document, a very essential part of the Public Safety Commission's uh, duties and responsibilities, and obviously with a uh, new commission uh, on board and, and with a new chair and vice chair, um, I think it's, it's perfect timing for us to kind of dive in deeper um, into this discussion, and then of course, um, uh, asking or answering any questions uh, while we're going through that process. So. Uh, City Clerk uh, Melissa Crowder is so uh, grateful to be able to join us this evening because um, she obviously uh, is uh, the city staff member that uh, takes the lead in terms of looking at the purviews of all of the commissions, all of the advisory boards, as well as, uh, as the bylaws. And so she certainly would be uh, very helpful in terms of uh, answering any questions as well that uh, we, we may be unable to, uh, to provide clarification on if the commission asks. Um, and so just to give a, a little bit of background, um, in February of this year, um, at the direction of the city council, uh, the city clerk's office did bring forth an item um, that made some uh, changes to various commissions and advisory boards, uh, one of those being uh, the Public Safety Commission. And so attached to the staff report as attachment A and B, you will find uh, what is currently established. And I will just like to mention um, on record as I was reviewing um, attachment B in terms of the bylaws, um, there seems to have been one section that was not included that actually spoke to the eligibility criteria uh, that uh, Melissa Crowder had just mentioned, our city clerk. Um, and so I did want to, to, to point that out to the commission and to members of the public. And then we'll be sure to kind of update um, uh, that uh, subsection that speaks to the six month requirement, um, et cetera, that um, was excluded from the version that actually you all have uh, that's attached to the staff report. So that was a staff oversight. So apologies in advance for that. That, that's City Clerk Crowder's oversight. I apologize for that. I was feverishly looking in my file. No, no worries, no worries. Uh, and, and so, um, uh, so essentially, the uh, areas under uh, the municipal code that got brought forth uh, to the City Council on uh, the 21st of February of this year focused on uh, term limits. Um, and that essentially was applied throughout um, all of the commissions and um, advisory boards and was a discussion that the city council had. Um, so that uh, language, they added uh, a new subsection that just reflected that um, the term limits would be uh, pursuant to what has been adopted for all commissions. Um, and then in addition to that, we had absences from uh, meetings, um, which just added some, some language to um, that section that spoke about if a commissioner um, happens to be caring for um, an adopted uh, child or their child, um, et cetera, then that is something that would not be counted towards um, a commissioner's um, absence, uh, which right now allows commissioners um, up to three 
um, absences uh, before uh, a replacement uh, process would uh, would be triggered. So, um, so it added that language. Again, that was something that was consistent and applied uh, across the board. Um, and then uh, there were uh, some slight um, changes to the duties of the Public Safety uh, Commission as well. Um, just clarifications, uh, some of the references in the duties uh, referred to the city manager. Um, and so that was broadened in terms of just allowing um, now just city staff um, to uh, work uh, with the commission on various aspects of the duties. And so uh, very, very minimal uh, changes were made, uh, as I mentioned, to the Public Safety Commission uh, purview, which reflects in the uh, West Hollywood Municipal Code. If any of the commissioners or members of the public, however, do try to access that information currently online, so if you go to Chapter uh, 2.60, the West Hollywood Municipal Code, um, you will see the uh, old version um, because the updated language um, is still in progress. Um, there's a number of changes that are made constantly um, as Melissa Crowder, our city clerk, um, is familiar with. And so once uh, new ordinances and changes and things of that sort are made, then that information then gets forwarded on over to the online publisher um, that the city contracts with. And then there is a process in terms of them updating that information. But what you will see under those three sections that I uh, mentioned is you'll, you'll see a reference to an ordinance number that was adopted. And so it gives you a hyperlink. If you were to click on that, it will take you to the uh, adopted uh, ordinance uh, language. And then you would you know review that and you would essentially see the changes that I'm uh, that I'm uh, communicating this evening so um, I'm just going to pause uh, in terms of just the the purview and the West Hollywood Municipal Code right now to take any questions before I move on to the bylaws do any commissioners have any questions for director Rivas I do actually um, you mentioned that the absence from meeting section was revised and I remember reading that revision when it went through City Council but I'm looking at attachment B and section 3.9 doesn't note the comments that you talked about about caring absences due to caring for, um, I think, a dependent in general. Is that, uh, is that an oversight and a, a uh, an edit needs to be made? So when you look, like Danny shared, when you look at the municipal code, you'll see what's called a code alert. And it lets you know that there is a pending update. And so our municipal code is updated every quarter. And so the code alerts let you know. So currently, or prior to the change, you could miss three meetings within a 12-month period. And there was no such thing as an excused or unexcused absence. An absence was an absence was an absence. Um, the city council gave direction. It was actually uh, now Supervisor Horvath, um, along with the other council members, to allow for parental leave. And that would provide an additional three absences from a meeting to care for a, a child that you birthed or an adopted child or a foster child. And so you now get the additional just for those three. Um, recently, there have been some questions around absences of commissioners and advisory board members. And I, so I just wanna take a moment to kind of talk about that. So during the pandemic, we recognized that people were themselves getting COVID or they were caring for family members that may be ill. Um, and so we kind of stopped watching people's absences. And in fact, 
I think because we were uh, teleconferencing, there weren't a lot of absences <laughs> occurring. Um, you know, now that we've come back to in-person, we will be tracking that more. That's why we take attendance at every meeting. It's uploaded to the same system that you use to apply. And then, you know, my office periodically looks at attendance and we take items to the city council. Our attendance policy, similar to our code of conduct, is not meant to be punitive. It's not meant to say, oh, you've missed your three meetings? I'm sorry, you can no longer serve as an appointed official. Sometimes you're involved, we have an appointed official right now who had a very bad traffic accident. And, you know, I don't want to be the one to go to that person and say, you know, I'm really sorry you had a traffic accident, but we need to replace you on your respective board or commission. What I do ask is that you let Jessica and Danny know if you're not going to be able to make a meeting, because what we don't want to do is get to the meeting and have the public here and have people here to present, and then we don't have a quorum. That's not a good look for anyone, and, it, and it's not respectful of one another's time. We all know we're going to have a vacation every once in a while. Sometimes you can't plan those vacation around commissioner board meetings, um, and we recognize that. Sometimes you get sick, or your partner gets sick, or your parent gets sick, and you have to be at home. And you know, we as a city are caring, and we understand that those things happen. Um, so please just, if you're a direct appointee, keep in contact with your council members so they understand what's going on if it's a long-term thing. And please always keep uh, Danny and Jessica, if you, if you want to loop me in, that's fine too, but you don't have to. And if you're at large, if you could let me know, um, that's helpful so that we can kind of understand what's happening. Um, for the most part, thank you very much. You all show up, you take your role seriously, and I appreciate that. Um, but I just wanted to clarify, because people sometimes, well, it says three, so you can't do more than three. It does, your, your colleagues, it does start get to get challenging when you have meaty items that your commission is dealing with, and sometimes not having one of you here is the difference of something passing or not passing. Um, so just, again, I think it's communication, understanding that it is three, um, and most people never hit the three <laughs> in a year, so. Thank you. Um, I guess I just still have a clarification question, Danny, um, or Director Revis. Uh, is attachment B the existing municipal code and bylaws for the commission, or are they the revised ones? Because it seems like maybe you're saying that they're the unrevised ones, but the staff report itself says that attachment B should be the revised ones, unless I'm misunderstanding that. Um, yeah. No, 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 thank you for the, for the question. Yeah, so attachment B um, is, well, attachment B is the public safety commission bylaws. Um, so that was what I had mentioned, that um, there was an oversight on the eligibility criteria. Mm -hmm. But what I'm focused on right now is attachment A, um, which is the West Hollywood Municipal Code, chapter 2.60 uh, of the Public Safety Commission. And so that's what I wanted to kind of just speak about. And so online, and actually I was um, able to kind of pull it up, and I'm gonna uh, share uh, my screen right now with everybody. Um, so that you'll see that as well, uh, commissioners. And so I just uh, Google search uh, West Hollywood Municipal Code. Um, it'll come up at the top of your screen. And so when you go there, um, I will go to um, administration and personnel. 
then come to commissions and boards. I'm going to scroll on down to Public Safety Commission. And you see all these little like hazard exclamation marks. So those are the areas there um, that I'm mentioning that uh, currently haven't yet been updated. So if we go to absence from meetings, this is what's on here. This is the older version. Um, here is an ordinance number that actually speaks to um, the changes that were made. And so attachment A actually has the updated language um, in there. Um, so it's not what you're seeing online right now, and that's what I wanted to just um, kind of point out and clarify because there's been a sentence that's been added after, um, after the last sentence that you're seeing there, and the sentence reads, notwithstanding the foregoing, up to three uh, additional absences in a 12-month period will be permitted for the purpose of bonding with a new baby, adopted child, or foster child, and will not be counted against the allowable number of excused absences. So that should be reflected in attachment A. Um, so attachment A to the staff report is up to date, if that was your question, uh, Commissioner Paul. Um, no, but that does make sense to me. Um, it sounds like then attachment B is the yet to be updated bylaws. Right, and I think, so what you're saying is attachment B doesn't have that language, that sentence that I just communicated right now, right? Correct, correct, which is listed in attachment A. Got it. So we'll make sure to update that, that section as well. So that would be a, an, an oversight. Okay. Um, that wasn't uh, that wasn't added. So thank you for that. We'll make sure to add that in the uh, the bylaws as well. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Um, commissioners. Commissioners, any other questions? Director no. Rivas. Okay. Good? Great. No no questions on uh, the public safety commission chapter that guides. But hopefully this was helpful in terms of just kind of reviewing and seeing online how to access this information. Um, and again, if any members of the public or even the commission have questions, you know, don't hesitate, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and so uh, the next part of it is is the bylaws. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little worried now about going through uh, the bylaws with the two sections. But um, overall, the, the uh, very minimal changes that were made um, to, to the bylaws uh, were related to the start time. Um, of the Public Safety Commission. It's something that actually the previous established Public Safety Commission had discussed. Um, and so the, the meeting location as well um, was over at Plummer Park. Um, obviously that has changed to the city council chamber. So that uh, location was updated in the bylaws as well as the start time. So when uh, Public Safety Commission meetings were occurring at Plummer Park, they started at 630. Um, and then during COVID, obviously there was um, virtual meetings that were being held. Um, the start time uh, got pushed a little earlier to 6 p.m. and then it was the will of the commission to actually make that recommendation to maintain the 6 p.m. And so uh, those two areas uh, were updated in terms of the bylaws. And then of course, uh, we spoke about the term limits. Um, we spoke about the absences uh, from meetings. And so those were uh, other areas as well in the bylaws that, uh, that were updated. So I will pause uh, no differently than I did on the last item if there's any questions that, uh, that the commission has. And again, we'll make sure to circulate and update um, the current and, and correct and accurate version to the staff report. Thank you. Any questions, commissioners? Okay. Um, Director Rivas. Yes, and so the, yeah, and then the last uh, part uh, portion, um, and certainly don't need to to complete it all. Although it would be ideal 
uh, for the commission to establish that this evening um, is the work plan uh, for the commission. And so what I did attach as attachment C um, is purely an example um, of what uh, the commission um, has used in the past, has applied in the past, um, and those coincide with the specific duties that are outlined in the municipal code um, that provide the purview of the Public Safety Commission. Um, and so, you know, we tried uh, to uh, provide just some sort of sample for uh, the commission now. Um, so I just want to emphasize they do not need to be the same um, than what you're seeing in attachment C, but I certainly wanted to provide the commission with uh, some sort of uh, example in terms of what was established before. So um, chair, uh, vice chair and public safety commission, if you'd like to go through that, I can uh, pull up that document um, and we can go through that um, at this time. I think it's important that we go through it, Director Rivas. Thank you. All right, so give me a second to just... And for members of the public as well, that way they're seen as well as the commission as well uh, on your screens. Um, so this is the draft document. Um, again, each, each of the areas um, that we're focused on uh, speak to uh, the duties and the responsibilities of the Public Safety Commission. And so um, the first uh, that we have is a subsection A, which speaks to um, analyzing the level of law enforcement needs and making policy recommendations. Um, and so you're seeing uh, in order to fulfill this goal that was established, um, that there are specific tasks uh, that were outlined here. Um, I did take the liberty in terms of updating uh, the due date in there, um, consistent with what I've seen that was done in the past. Um, and so we were looking at kind of a March uh, 2024 date um, and that uh, provides ample time for the Public Safety Commission to discuss that at that meeting and then make recommendations, right, to the City Council in advance of their annual uh, physical uh, year budget uh, discussions. Um, and so again, we don't necessarily need to maintain that. Uh, you're seeing the Sheriff's Department contract um, as well as the block by block um, contract um, that we have. So. Uh, it's, if it's the will of the chair, the vice chair, the rest of the commission to uh, maintain this, we certainly can. If you'd like to have the discussion um, in February as opposed to March, um, you know, those are all things for the commission to consider. Uh, Director Rivas, you said we have the option of having the discussion in February versus March, correct? You could, yes. Um, can I just get you to explain me the pros and cons, um, see if we move to February or if we wait until March? Um, I, I mean, looking at the calendar and knowing our traditional kind of internal uh, practice of, you know, how we um, kind of go through the motions internally with the sub budget subcommittee, um, to me, it, it makes sense to maintain it in, in March. I know that it's briefly discussed in February. Um, and uh, again, there's another uh, subcommittee meeting uh, generally, I think in April. Um, and so it's kind of an in-between. Um, I, you know, I wasn't here at the time in terms of the specific March date, but just kind of looking at the timeline that, that made sense um, to maintain March. But um, you know, the, I guess the, the, the pro would be that you're in between kind of those budget subcommittee discussions that occur with the city council, and that's typically made up of the mayor. 
um, and uh, Mayor Pro Tem uh, of the City Council. Um, and then of course, you know, the entire uh, City Council has a discussion um, thereafter. It's typically two different discussions that occur. Um, they typically have one in the beginning, the first meeting in June, um, and then the second meeting in June, um, they discuss it as well, um, if there's any potential changes. So um, March makes sense, but um, that's, that's all I could probably offer at this point in terms of the timeline. Okay, thank you. Commissioners, any questions? Vice Chair? Uh, Director Rivas, if there are um, substantive issues, let's take the Sheriff's Department as an example. Uh, if there's substantive issues related to the Sheriff's Department that we think the Commission ought to be uh, paying attention to, um, is now the time that we would suggest that those be added to this work plan? Or does that happen as we start to work on the work plan? How would, how would that work? Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, I, generally speaking, it means establishing the work plan now allows city staff the opportunity, right, to really uh, forecast um, what they're gonna be working on on behalf of the commission. Um, I won't say that, you know, you can't add things afterwards uh, to the work plan, but just be conscious and aware that um, you know, there is an existing work plan. We'd be focused on that. Um, if there was things that were added or things that came up, as you mentioned, um, uh, Vice Chair, then uh, we can certainly um, add those to uh, a Public Safety Commission agenda um, and have that item agendized um, for discussion. Um, so you wouldn't necessarily, you know, have to add it um, at this point because obviously there's some things that we just can't anticipate. Um, but there may be an important discussion that comes up um, that the commission truly uh, feels is important to agendize, put on the uh, calendar, and have an opportunity for members of the public. So um, I hope that answered the question or at least provided some guidance. Yes, it does. Um, a a follow-up question. Um, I'm wondering what you think about the, about the idea of adding a third task here in goal number one that would relate directly to the language from the code uh, include reimagining public safety through alternate community-based systems. Uh, I understand the block by block is one of those. I'm curious if you think to respond to that language whether it would make sense to have a third task that specifically calls on us to look at alternatives to the sheriff and block by block, if such things exist. Um, ab absolutely, um, it, it certainly um, could be added as a third task to to speak to that. To your point, um, and then that you know can certainly be agendized between um, now and, and the end of next fiscal year. Um, we could add that to the agenda, um, set kind of a, a tentative date now, um, and then you know meet that in terms of bringing that forth. So absolutely. Thank you. Um, and I guess I'm, uh, I look to my fellow commissioners as well as Director Rivas. It, it seems to me that there are a number of substantive issues, particularly with respect to the Sheriff's Department, um, that I would guess we want to take a, a closer look at. Um, examples that come to mind would be um, 
obviously, we, because we're going to look at the contract, we talk about staffing and deployment, crime trends, um, but uh, in response times, I would think. Uh, in addition, I think we might want to uh, find out more information about the use of body-worn cameras, um, uses of force, and follow-up to uses of force, uh, vehicle pursuits, if such vehicle pursuits are happening, the approach to traffic enforcement. Uh, there's a, a trend nationally with respect to traffic enforcement that we might want to talk about. The availability of equipment and unmet equipment needs that the department might have. Uh, and we do have another task and goal that relates to complaints. Uh, and that's, so I raise that, but we have another goal about that. So I guess my question is, if there's a shared interest among my fellow commissioners in any of those issues, whether it would make sense to include those to give the staff guidance at this point that we want to talk about those, or whether we wait and bring those up as we go forward. Uh, commissioners, any additional comments? Um, I guess I would say that I definitely agree with some of the items that you brought up as points that we should look at. You know, uh, full equipment, uh, the use of body cameras, all of those sorts of things, the the uh, rates and effectiveness of um, you know traffic incidents and traffic ticketing. Um, I guess I would say to help us have the best context in how much room we, even as a city, um, and obviously we're just making policy recommendations to the city council who then does stuff, I think it might benefit us if prior to this uh, item, we see if we can get someone from contract cities here to help us understand what the limits are with the generalized contract for um, contract cities of the sheriff's department. Because um, from my understanding, there's only certain things that we can change and allow within the sheriff's contract. For instance, there's not um, like KPIs, I guess for lack of a better word, performance indicators within the contract currently. And from my understanding, that isn't something that we have, uh, that has been applied anywhere across any of the cities that contract with the sheriff's department. Um, so. All of that context is to say, I think I would I would make a motion if if that's what's necessary that we um, agendize prior to the uh, the discussion on the sheriff's department service level agreement um, sometime within there uh, a time when it works to have someone from uh, contract cities organization help come and educate us and the public on what we are and are not able to negotiate and adjust with our contract with the sheriff's department. Director Rivas? Yeah, and um, Commissioner Blau actually brings up um, a, a great point in, in that you have, um, uh, you have actually the, the sheriff's contract, which is uh, applied consistently across all of the other uh, contract cities in Los Angeles County, right? The contract for services. Um, that is uh, negotiated through the California Contract Cities Association. Um, in collaboration with the cities. Um, every city has uh, generally um, an elected official um, that sits um, as a part of that discussion. And so that occurs every uh, five years. Um, we're actually uh, gonna be going through that process um, uh, this uh, physical year because the uh, five-year agreement 
um, with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department for all contract cities, including West Hollywood, um, expires uh, next year uh, on June 30th of 2024. So obviously in advance of that, there's discussions that occur, et cetera, um, and that is uh, led uh, and spearheaded by the California Contract Cities Association. Um, separate to that, you have uh, what's listed here, which is the 575 service level form, uh, which then provides each of those contract cities the ability to essentially look at um, a menu of services um, and then uh, essentially establish right what services uh, best fit the need um, of their individual communities. Um, and so that's where you get into, um, like us, for example, having our um, special teams, our entertainment policing team, our um, community-oriented problem-solving teams, et cetera. Um, not all cities have those special teams, but some do, right? So, um, so there's two different aspects of that. And I think uh, what Commissioner Blau was mentioning is, is maybe having somebody from um, uh, contract bureau uh, within uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department um, and maybe speak to um, speak to that, but we can certainly see if potentially California Contract Cities Association would have somebody that would be able to come on behalf, but I know contract uh, bureau uh, within the Sheriff's Department would, uh, would be able to explain that as well. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, and I think either one of those resources, just in general, to help uh, help me as well understand the the full limit of what we can do and negotiate, um, so that we've all better. Everyone in this room and on on Zoom in the community broadly have a better context for what we can adjust and what we really can't. Right. Um, so, you know, we can certainly have somebody again um, see about, so if that's something that you wanted to add to the work plan in terms of, um, you know, having staff looking into scheduling to have a representative come to a future uh, commission uh, meeting, um, then that's something to me that would be absolutely feasible to apply to the work plan. Okay. Also, um, fellow commissioners, um, obviously, you know, different concerns and ideas are gonna come up as we go along, but our work plan is integral to what we do here. So if we can work on this tonight and, you know, get it structured in a way, I know I think we all have different concerns that we would like to see addressed here in the city. Um, I think that would be optimal. Any other comments, commissioners? Um, yes, so I just want clarification. So our work plan is pretty much our to-do list that we plan on achieving as a commission. So we can add on it, does it be, have to be a voted on or does commissioners just add to it or is it something that, you know, it has to be voted on, it has to be a motion, it has to be uh, second and approved. How does that work? Yeah, so you definitely wanna have consensus uh, with the majority of the commission in terms of establishing and adding something to the work plan because the last thing you want is for there to be uh, individual um, ideas and although they are important and we don't wanna discount that, um, if that's not something that the majority of the commission is willing to support, um, then essentially you'd be having staff members, right? They would be working on that item. Um, so we certainly wanna make sure that um, you do have the support of the majority of the commission as we're establishing it. Thank you. Sure. Uh, so then I guess the question that still stands is at what point do we make those motions to adjust and uh, potentially add items to the work plan? Is that now or in our uh, actions, our items from commissioners at the end? 
Um, we're in work plan now. Um, do yeah. we need a motion made, or can we just have a consensus? I, and I, I am comfortable with there just being a consensus, and the city clerk is, is nodding her head, so she's in agreement, um, so I'm on the right path. But yeah, I, I think it's important. We don't need to have a motion as long as there's consensus. Um, but again, just be mindful as, you know, as the year progresses, um, there are going to be things that come up, and we understand there's a, those are going to be important items. Not everything needs to be added to the work plan. It could be um, as simple as making uh, a motion during items from commissioners, and if you have the support of the commission at that point to, let's say, add that item to a future agenda, then we can have that discussion, right? Um, and so it doesn't necessarily need to be added. Um, today or this evening, so just, just keep that in mind. I think what we're trying to take away is honing in on uh, maybe some of the more um, important, and not that uh, any of the other ones won't be important, but just in kind of the, the, the history and the tradition of the commission in terms of areas that they looked at um, as a part of their responsibilities, but also keeping in mind that it can certainly change. Just because we have it in here, does it need that, that, that we need to continue down that, that path? So. Um, Director, I think um, Commissioner Blau's points um, are important, and I would like to see us address that and at least start with adding this to the work plan if there's a consensus amongst my fellow commissioners. So what I'm hearing right, right from the commission in terms of what the chair and Commissioner Bob mentioned is adding like a third task here that essentially would be um, staff uh, looking to try to schedule um, something with um, the contract bureau um, at the sheriff's department to provide insight into the contract before uh, review of, of course, the first task here. Does that make sense? Is everyone in agreement? Um, Director Rivas, I think we're a go. I, I think we're good as well. Um, so moving on to the to the second um, goal that was established is, um, and that speaks to evaluating and recommending mechanisms to involve the fire department in community uh, service related activities. Um, so we do have currently uh, on there is review the CERT program, um, which I know maybe at least one or two of you have, have gone through before in the past, maybe more, um, and make recommendations for new fire and safety training opportunities. Um, so that was something, again, that uh, was reflected uh, in the past. Um, just so the commission knows, we do have a CERT program that we reinstated uh, following COVID restrictions being lifted. And so we just um, actually wrapped up our um, second um, CERT, uh, or I'm sorry, third. Uh, I believe it was the third since last year. Is it second? Okay, stand corrected. So it's the second uh, one earlier um, this year. I believe it was in April. Um, so we just completed that. Um, I think our chair uh, went through uh, that series, but um, we can certainly maintain that, or if you wanted to add something different language, um, this would be the right time. What uh, is, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Um, what is currently the frequency at which we offer the CERT training? So currently, um, we offer it um, once, uh, once a year, um, and you know, we coordinate uh, with the Los Angeles County Fire Department. Um, that is the agency that spearheads this. Um, and so it also is a scheduling, um, right, uh, 
discussion that we have with them because they offer cert at a variety of different uh, locations throughout LA County. Um, but right now, currently, it's it's once a year. We were uh, thinking of trying to do t twice a year, but uh, given the turnout that we've had the last two, it, it makes sense in terms of just continuing to maintain uh, the once a year um, and giving folks an opportunity because there is a, a commitment. Um, I believe it's about uh, six weeks, Chair. If, if, uh, if three, correct, Commissioner? It's three. Yeah, three Saturdays, six-hour days. Okay. There you go, uh, three hour, six hour days. So um, I know our battalion chief is, is here as well, you know, as a part of his update and he could probably speak a, a little more in terms of that, but, um, but there is a commitment. So um, sometimes you see folks, um, uh, you know, because of reasons just not uh, signing up. Um, it doesn't just, um, it, although it's held here in West Hollywood, it's, it's not only for West Hollywood residents, so any uh, member um, that wants to sign up, they could be at a nearby city, can also attend uh, the trainings as well. And we try to do everything we can uh, to help uh, Los Angeles County Fire Department in terms of marketing um, and getting the word out. We send that out to our uh, neighborhood watch groups. Um, we do a press release. Uh, we have it on the city's calendar and website, et cetera. And I know Los Angeles County Fire Department does, uh, does the same. Quick question, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, is there any way, because uh, I feel like cert certification is very important. Um, I'm new on the commission, just like many of my colleagues are. Is there any way we can get a cert certification for the commissioners who are uh, my colleagues here who want to take that so we could be on par, we don't have to wait till next year? Um, you certainly could, but you wouldn't be able to take it here in West Hollywood. You would have to attend and register and taking it in another community um, in LA County that LA County Fire Department is offering that. So we can certainly send um, the calendar um, over to the commission. Jessica can send that over and it'll kind of give you the list of the specific dates and where they're gonna be held. That'll be great, thank you. Sure. Yeah, I believe in April, um we had someone that came in from Calabasas, correct, Commissioner Nichols, we who did, took yeah. the training with us? Yeah, there were people from a number of cities around. So if, if everyone's kind of good in terms of maintaining, you know, this, if, you know, if there's something that comes up that you think about afterwards, we can certainly add to that, or if you guys want to make changes at this point, uh, the will of the commission, we can do that now. Commissioners, are we good? I actually had a point on the last uh, item. So Vice Chair Saltzman, <clears throat> Vice Chair Saltzman brought up a, a, a list of items related to the Sheriff's Department that he thought we ought to analyze. I want to make sure that as part of, at the very least, the, um, the task on reviewing the service level agreement, that we're capturing and noting those as part of that task, the analysis of um, all the different items that uh, Vice Chair Saltzman had brought up. I'm sure he could maybe help me out with the list again. Um, and if we don't include it in that, then maybe we make it its own separate work product item because I definitely don't want to discount um, the analysis of, like, like uh, the commissioner said, um, among other things, ensuring that uh, the sheriffs are fully equipped um, for what, what the job demands. Yeah, and you know, I, there's, there is a, an announcement I was gonna make um, to the commission and to members of the public during items from staff um, that actually uh, addresses um, uh, 
some of the things uh, that uh, Vice Chair Saltzman had brought up as it relates to um, traffic stops um, and pedestrian stops, um, and that's gonna have its own entirely separate um, uh, meeting, um, study session, if you will, and special meeting uh, for discussion. Um, so I think um, that is certainly something that you know we can take into account. I think maybe having what you had mentioned about having um, you know representative come kind of educate folks on that because the 575 form does not speak to analyzing that type of data. Um, that is uh, simply uh, directly focused on uh, deployment. Um, in terms of you know how many patrol deputies, how many special team deputies, our mental evaluation team, et cetera. So it's it's just getting an overview of that and and making recommendations as it relates to that. So we're good um, in waiting for items from staff to get that update, and then we can circle back. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Right, so I'm gonna to move to uh, goal number three, um, which is to analyze the level of emergency service preparedness and emergency management and making recommendations. Um, and so the task that's uh, listed under there is to assist staff with the general review of the city's emergency plan and make recommendations. I believe, uh, Chair, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you and another commissioner in the past um, have uh, been working with um, some of our city staff on the public safety side of things in terms of reviewing the uh, emergency um, response plans. Um, so that's, yeah. We got the thousand page Bible that we had to go through. It is uh, a lot of pages uh, for, for sure. Um, one thing to just make mention is that um, the city is currently going through updating their um, hazard mitigation plan, um, which is a requirement through FEMA, and it's something that each city has to go through every five years, and so we have hired a consultant. Um, I do know that some of the commissioners were in attendance at one of our community meetings. We do have another community meeting um, uh, scheduled um, for folks to be able to participate virtually um, uh, via, via Zoom, um, and so that's definitely something that speaks to the emergency plan um, and uh, natural and, and even human-made uh, catastrophes and how each right uh, city, our city specifically, responds to that. Um, and so we are going through a very comprehensive and detailed um, uh, update, um, and we're uh, certainly gonna be coming before the Public Safety Commission to provide uh, input and feedback on that. So, commissioners, are we good to move? On. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So goal four was to analyze and make uh, policy recommendations on ways to uh, partner with law enforcement and first responders in, in terms of best practices for community-oriented policing. Um, the task that's reflected here is actually um, going to be the focus of one of the updates that I'm gonna be providing uh, to the commission and members of the community uh, during items from staff that speaks about the Center for Policing Equity. This has been an ongoing uh, project um, that uh, the city has partnered with. Um, and so um, giving feedback on the final report is certainly something that is gonna be forthcoming um, to the commission uh, very soon and I'll be able to provide uh, an update. That way I'm not getting too ahead of myself uh, during items from staff, but um, I definitely think that the uh, commission should maintain um, this task um, on the work plan. And adding any additional, um, if you'd like at this time too. Uh, commissioners. Um, 
I'm not familiar with the, with the details of uh, what the charge is uh, to the, this uh, body and so what we're likely to see in the report. Um, it seems to me that in this, to respond to this goal, it would make sense for us to find out the efforts that the Sheriff's Department is making to engage in community-oriented policing so that we can evaluate what those are and perhaps suggest other ones. Um, there are lots of specifics that would go with that. Are we encouraging deputies to meet with members of the, of the community? Are we encouraging them to get out of their cars? Uh, do we have foot patrols, bicycle patrols? There are lots of aspects of that. It seems to me, as I said, not understanding exactly what the charge to the center of policing equity is and what that report's likely to be, that it would make sense to me that we would have a task here which at least asks the Sheriff's Department to let us know what they are doing specifically to engage in community-oriented policing so we can evaluate that and make recommendations based on what we think makes sense. Director Rivas, do you have any clarification you can give us? Sure, yeah, so for the Center for Policing Equity, um, that report um, is going to focus on pedestrian and traffic uh, stops as well as use of force. Um, and even in some cases, um, enforcement action. So let's say the issuance of a citation um, to uh, members of the community. Um, and so that all of that data um, has been analyzed um, by the Center for Policing Equity. So they've been working with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department for quite some time um, in terms of you know getting all that information. Um, for the, the past couple of years, um, and then uh, identifying um, any sort of disparities um, and areas for improvement. Um, and so that is what uh, the focus of that uh, report will be um, in terms of the Center for Policing Equity. Vice Chair. And do we have a sense of when we're likely to get that report? Yes, uh, so th that would be part of the items from staff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but if, if it's the will of the commission, I, I'm trying to hold back, but I will tell you that will be scheduled for next month. Um, so you. next month, uh, we will be having that, uh, that report that will be provided, the final report to the commission. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, any other questions on this? Yes. Uh, keeping in line with my latency, um, <laughs> on the uh, on the point on the hazard mitigation plan, I just wanted to let everyone know that the uh, virtual community feedback session for that, I was just looking it up, is actually this Thursday at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Um, I hope we can maybe send that out to, I don't know what, what the best form is to share that information. There's a Zoom link to be involved with that, but again, that's this Thursday. July 13th at 6 p.m. for the, the community feedback on, virtual community feedback on the hazard mitigation plan. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, Vice Chair uh, Saltzman, if uh, the will of the commission, we can certainly add a task here in terms of just uh, asking our, um, our sheriff partners, Lieutenant Lapkin and Sergeant Duran to put together a, a presentation to speak to some of the things that you mentioned in terms of having an understanding of what they're doing, right, from a community policing uh, perspective and um, have them present that information. We can certainly add that um, as a task and add it to the agenda. Uh, that would make sense to me, I guess. We'll see whether there's um, a consensus. I agree. Um, 
commissioners, are we all in agreement? Yes. I would agree. I think it sounds like we're going to get a lot of this information and certainly more detailed information in this report than maybe what we're seeing in our monthly meetings currently. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I think that'll definitely spur some additional questions. All right. Thank you, Director Rivas. Yes. Okay. Sounds like there's consensus on that. So we'll make sure to add that um, to this task area too. Uh, goal five um, is to serve in conjunction with city staff as a city's uh, mechanism to maintain communications uh, within the community. Um, and so uh, one of the items that's listed here, um, and I actually seen this uh, ongoing in a couple of the, the work plans is just uh, educating constituents on uh, the commission's calendar, um, how to speak during public comment, um, you know, and then connecting uh, with uh, constituents uh, when there are issues that are brought to commissioner's attention, um, you know, forwarding those on over to the community safety department, myself, or um, obviously uh, connecting as well with our service area lieutenant and service area sergeant, which is um, Lieutenant Fanny Lapkin and uh, Sergeant Jason Duran. So um, that is something that I've uh, seen um, that's been done consistently. Again, doesn't necessarily mean you have to keep in line with what's uh, been proposed in the past, but uh, I would recommend um, maintaining that if it's the will of the commission. Uh, I agree, commissioners, are we all in consensus? Yes. Yes. Can I just add one thing? Certainly. Because it, if you just read it, it says monitoring trends in complaints received by the city. <clears throat> can we, is that where we can add vice chair's um, complaints to the sheriff's department? and block by block as well that they receive? Because I think you had brought it up the last meeting that you wanted to hear complaints from the Sheriff's Department. I don't know if they're gonna do that tonight, but I guess we'll see. But you had mentioned it again tonight, and I think it's really important for us to know what the residents are saying. Uh, ahead, yes, I think uh, it would probably make sense to me to have a second task here under Goal 5 which speaks specifically to complaints. Uh, I appreciate that we don't have a role in evaluating individual complaints, and I don't have any interest in getting involved in individual complaints other than to refer them appropriately. But I think uh, that it would be helpful to us in our general role to have information about the complaint process so that we can evaluate the clarity of it for members of the community, uh, and to get aggregate data about the complaints, both from the sheriff and from block by block. That includes a description of the nature of the complaint, uh, how it was responded to, what the result was, if there was a result uh, in uh, training of the deputy, if that was appropriate, uh, potentially discipline, if that's appropriate, change in policy, or recommendation about changes in policy, if that's appropriate and help us then understand the incidence of the complaints, how big a problem it is, and the nature of those complaints. Do they focus on how deputies interact with members of the community? Is it uses of force? Uh, is it traffic stops? Is it biased policing? Uh, is it none of those things or all of those things? So my recommendation would be we would add a task uh, that both block by block and the Sheriff's Department report to us uh, on complaints and provide the, the aggregate information I've described. 
So if I could just um, add, so um, in terms of getting detailed information on complaints, um, that more than likely is not gonna be something uh, that the agencies would be able to provide, um, but it's certainly something that uh, we can uh, speak to um, their contracted partners on because it is personnel related. Um, you're gonna be extremely limited um, in terms of that, uh, as uh, in terms of findings, um, what the outcome is, um, but to the extent possible in terms of sharing what information we can, we certainly will have um, that discussion, but I think it is important for uh, members of the public and for the commission to have an opportunity to be educated in terms of how folks can file. Um, reports and, and complaints. And I think not just focusing so much on the complaints, but as you're seeing listed in the tasks, it's also commendations. Um, it's also recognizing our West Hollywood Sheriff Station and our block by block security ambassadors, because they do get compliments um, as well um, in terms of the work that they do. And so it's establishing maybe a, a process in terms of what that could look like. Um, but I think adding something in there in terms of educating the commission uh, and then having staff you know, work with our contracted partners to see uh, what information can be provided to the extent possible. Um, so that we're not blurring the lines in terms of any sort of personnel related um, matters. I, I appreciate that and I agree, uh, but I also, I know just from in preparing for tonight, looking online, the Inspector General for the county has information about the aggregate of these complaints and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about any individual and personnel records, uh, but I think it's important for us to know in general what the nature of the complaints are and what the response to those complaints, what the responses to those complaints are. And that, that's what I'm talking about. And, I, and uh, it clearly is available because it's in the reports of the Inspector General. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would also uh, maybe add or consider when you put together that report, um, maybe focusing on the information that we can get with our community safety partners here, as well as the same information that we can use to compare from you know, aggregate sources, as the vice chair calls out, or any other municipalities or other, or other organizations that we can better understand. My concern is that when we're just looking at like a complaint box, that it's going to be major selection bias where know, more, more people complain, um, maybe then are actually impacted. Not at all to discount the complaints, and that's very important, and I think understanding the process and having clarity on that is important, but I wanna make sure that we have context as well um, in like how these numbers, whatever, whatever we're seeing, stack up. Otherwise, like I would, I would personally say that um, if we don't have the context, then the numbers are meaningless less meaningful, perhaps. Yeah. Director Rivas? Yeah, so certainly give, um, give us an opportunity to uh, meet with our contracted partners to see you know, what information's already being provided um, and, and reporting back to, to the commission. Um, and we'll certainly look at all the things that were mentioned. Okay, great, so we can circle back or? I just feel like if the line seems a little blurry here because I know a lot of agencies will hide behind the personnel issue and I just want to make sure it's not, we're not looking to point fingers at anyone, know anybody's name. We want to know what the residents are complaining about and we, yeah, of course we'd like to know the good things as well. 
but I don't want it to, to be things to be hidden because oh personnel personnel you know it's that you can't give any information and the way that you said it kind of came off that way yeah and and so uh, yeah I don't know um, all of the answers as it relates to that um, so uh, again giving staff the opportunity to have that conversation with our contracted partners um, is, is something that we absolutely need to do um, because I don't want to mislead uh, the commission in any way of uh, sharing that information and what I'm speaking to and responding to um, is how the city of West Hollywood and just based off of my professional experience having worked for three different um, cities and local government um, and so we all uh, follow uh, similar protocols when it relates to um, complaints and reports etc so Every agency and department's a little different, um, and so giving us an opportunity to, to meet with our contracted partners and then reporting back on what type of information I think would be best. So, commissioners, are we all in agreement that we will give staff the time they need to do the background, research and come up with additional information and circle back to us? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And I just want to point of clarification. Can we be specific about what we're asking staff then? Because we've got the report coming. So what, what additional work are we asking staff on that? I'm unclear. Um, Director Rivas, as staff looks into this, what information do you think can be provided to us? Say, say that again, I'm sorry. Um, in regards to, I think we start with vice chair on this with, you know, his questions and concern. Do you think staff will be able to address all of those concerns and be able to report back to us? Yeah, I don't know whether or not I'm be able to, to address all the concerns because I think a lot of the concerns are obviously requesting information um, being provided. And so I don't know to the extent that we would be able to provide that information. Um, but in terms of having the conversation and reiterating all the things that the commission brought forward this evening um, to our contracted partners, absolutely. Um, and then reporting back um, at a later date to the commission in terms of what um, information can be provided um, and what that would look like, I think would be, um, would be helpful. And I think at the same time, adding at that same item um, uh, an educational piece about how folks can report um, in terms of complaints, um, as well as making accommodations, I think would be helpful. So that's what I heard from the commission um, in terms of looking into. Okay, so commissioners, um, my recommendation as chair is that we give the staff the opportunity um, to do some research and come back to us, and then we can follow up with additional questions and concerns at that time. Are we in agreement? Yeah. Um, I actually like the idea of hearing about positive and negative complaints from our local law enforcement. You know, I want to hear about the, the good and I want to hear about the bad. Um, and I would love to hear that at every uh, commission meeting if possible. You know, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on and it's good to hear from our community, our neighbors of what's going on, how their interaction is with our law enforcement and stuff like that. So I think it's very important that we do hear this on a monthly basis. I think that's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I would just say if we can hold in terms of like setting a time frame, 
um, until we get the information, but point taken, um, understood. Um, and again, I just don't want to set a specific time frame without, of course, speaking with our contracted partners. But I think in terms of adding to this area, it's you know adding a task that um, has staff working with their contracted uh, partners, um, getting an understanding of what information can be provided um, as it relates to complaints and accommodations, the nature of the complaints, um, if at all possible, in terms of you know how that was resolved, whether that was communicated back to the constituent, um, et cetera, and then uh, of course uh, bringing forth an item right that educates uh, the commission and members of the public in terms of what uh, what are the uh, you know the communication methods uh, that would allow somebody to report those types of um, activities. Okay, so we all are in agreement that we will give staff the opportunity to get back to us. All right, um, I think we can move on, Director Rivas. Okay, we're almost there. So uh, goal six, uh, assist the city council in evaluating um, our public safety uh, contracts. Um, and so our uh, two tasks that we had in the past were identifying trainings um, that may benefit first responders, uh, staff and commissioners. Um, we do have uh, something that was listed on here in terms of um, supporting the dockless mobility project and enforcement um, to protect uh, persons living with disabilities. Um, and these are things that um, were brought up in the past. Um, so if uh, the commission wishes to make any changes, this would be the time or we could uh, maintain one or both. Um, or you can digest this portion of it. And I know we've been speaking a lot about these different areas um, and we can always add at a later date too. Commissioners? At a later date? Okay, I think we're in agreement on Director Rivas. At a later date? Yes. Okay, Thank so you. we'll leave this area blank. Uh, that makes sense. Um, and then uh, goal seven, evaluate and make recommendations regarding neighborhood livability. Um, and so it speaks to uh, neighborhood watch uh, program, making recommendations as it relates to that, and then uh, educating um, the community in terms of taking advantage of the city's uh, official app, which is an online or downloadable um, application that you can use on your uh, smartphone, on your uh, personal computer that allows folks the ability to report um, a variety of different service requests. It could be a pothole, um, it could be, um, uh, you know, a, a tree, uh, graffiti, um, it could be other issues that related to code enforcement, it could be law enforcement related as well, um, it could be social services driven, what, whatever it is, um, and so it's just getting the word out to folks to be able to take advantage of that, of that application. Are we good, Commissioners? Okay, I think, oh, yes, Commissioner Feinberg. I think um, the neighborhood watch groups is really important, and I'd like to know a lot more about them, and I don't even know how many there are at this point. It sounds like they're still putting them together or more have to be put together, but I think it's really important to put this towards sooner than later. Okay, Director Rivas? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think we'll definitely schedule um, an item and so it sounds like we'll leave that that task on there and bringing forth kind of an overview of the program 
um, how many folks, because um, it is a little fluid in terms of the folks that uh, are participating, which groups are active. Some are, are more active than others, et cetera. But uh, National Night Out is just around the corner. It's going to be another update that we provide during items for staff. But um, absolutely, keep that on there. Do you think you'd be able to get some of them to come speak in front of uh, the commission? I, I think we certainly could. Yeah, absolutely. I think we could bring it up. We do um, uh, quarterly meetings with the neighborhood watch groups, um, and so we can definitely uh, bring that up and ask the captains and co-captains um, to maybe come and share a little bit about their neighborhood and what they do, right? Uh, and the commission and the members of the community get to get to hear from them directly in terms of uh, their meetings and, and how they communicate with residents, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Are we in agreement? Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you, Director Rivas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was it. That was our final goal. Um, and uh, that concludes uh, the presentation. And I'll be taking all the notes and everything that was mentioned by the commission this evening. I'll be updating the commission work plan based off of that input and feedback. Um, we will circulate it. Uh, you don't have to wait until at least the commission until next meeting. Um, but we'll circulate that um, document to all the commissioners as well for um, you know, any additional input and feedback and make sure that we um, add that to the agenda in the future to um, hash out anything that needs to be added. Great. Thank you, Director Rebus, and thank you, Commissioners, because um, our work plan is really integral to what we do here. So I'm glad that we had um, a discussion and um, different concerns um, and ideas were heard. Uh, moving on, item 8A, um, report from the Los Angeles Fire Department. I will now be provided by our, our battalion chief. Yes, sir. Hello, chief. Hello, newly elected chair. Thank you. Hi there, Josh Binder, battalion chief, LA County Fire Department. Congratulations to the chair and vice chair on your election this evening. Um, I appreciate uh, getting to watch our uh, city government in action. That was great. Um, I'm, I'm here on behalf of uh, your assistant fire chief, uh, Drew Smith. Uh, he was unable to attend tonight, so he asked me to go over the June fire activity report. And um, the month of June, we had uh, total responses for the fire department services of 653 responses. Um, and we saw, um, approximately, we saw uh, 450 patients in those 911 calls for service. Um, they resulted in 306 transports to the hospital, uh, 100 of those being advanced life support. That's with a paramedic in uh, the ambulance with the patient, and uh, the rest of them, 206, were basic life support transports. Um, we did have uh, six total incidents with fire. Uh, there were four rubbish fires. There was one grass fire, a small 10 by 10 spot on Fairfax in a dirt uh, grass area. Uh, from a person's experience, homelessness, a uh, warming fire. There were no exposures threatened, and we did have one cooking fire that was uh, contained by the, the, was put out by the container and didn't result in any extension of the house or the apartment. Uh, we had additionally three hazardous conditions that were like arcing um, outlets or, or electrical issues that did not result in fire, but still we ca call them hazardous conditions. And, um, that for the month of June is pretty much it. We did recently, it's part of July, but have a commercial building response and a fire at uh, 8715 Beverly. Uh, that was pretty much an outdoor fire in the patio area of a restaurant on Beverly. It, it extended a little bit and into the building 
and, uh, and actually there was some uh, smoke that got into the structure and the restaurant, but uh, we were able to knock that fire down pretty quickly. And we did that in conjunction with our partners from Beverly Hills and uh, LA City Fire Department. Um, so that's pretty much our fire report. Uh, I did want to address the uh, conversation of CERT that came up. And like uh, Director uh, Rivas said, uh, the annual schedule is pretty good. And as we're coming out of the pandemic era, getting people back on board and coming to public trainings and, and participating in group events, we're still coming out of that um, inertia that we had b during that period. Uh, but specifically to your needs as commissioners, if you want to work with our community service liaison, Megan Courier, who some of you may already know, and if not, Annie certainly knows her. Uh, she works closely with our fi assistant fire chief, and we can find opportunities like the um, city council person you mentioned from the city of Calabasas came to your training. We can look for those training opportunities for, for your, your folks. Uh, and if you do find that the community would like another training, we're available to assist. Uh, with enough planning, we can get our trainers there, and uh, you guys have provided a facility for us to do that. If you, in conjunction with other cities, want to work to host another one before your next annual one, we could work towards that too. That's cer certainly something. The community involvement in those emergency response teams is fantastic, and we encourage it and want to support it. So anything we can do, that's a follow-up, easy follow-up, and, and I can certainly ask Megan to work with Danny to help you find the right fit for that. Are there any questions for the fire department? Um, commissioners, any questions? Yes, go ahead, Commissioner I do. Bell. Um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your service for you and your brothers and sisters in the fire department. You're um, I have a question. Um, there was an incident with an MTA bus a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, on the southeast corner of Santa Monica and San Vicente. And I see the fire hydrant is still has not been replaced. Is that something that LA County Fire has to do, or is that something that the city of West Hollywood has to do? Because, you know, three weeks without a fire hydrant, God forbid something happens. Uh, I just wanted to know what the delay is, what the process is of getting that replaced. So the fire department does not participate in replacing fire hydrants. We ensure that they're in working order once they're, they're put into place, and or annually we check them to make sure we can get good water pressure out of them and they're accessible. I would have to look at that specific incident. Was there a sheared hydrant? Did, did we have a traffic collision that hit it? It was an MTA bus who was turning right, I believe, from San Vicente onto Santa Monica Boulevard, and he took a short turn, mm -hmm. and he hit the fire hydrant. It was a big old geyser up in the air, and it was a lovely waterfall. Yeah. Uh, but that's been three weeks already. Okay. And I just want to know how long it takes to replace a fire hydrant, because it is a, a, a big public safety issue. God forbid something happens. Well, not to make light, but it takes at least three weeks. So we'll move forward with that. I'll find out with, uh, I think it would be DWP would be the, the vendor, and I'm sorry, not the government agency that would work on replacing it. Uh, we do have the ability to work around that specific hydrant. We bring, you know, five to seven fire engines to a fire, and they all have 500 gallons of water. So, uh, but nonetheless, we want to have all working hydrants wherever possible. So I'll, I'll look into that, and I'll follow up with Director Rivas. Uh, to make sure we, we get a timeline on that. Thank you. Fido needs somewhere to pee? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Is there actually no hydrant there left? It's, it's just a, it's, right we, now it's just a cone. We turned off the it's valve. A, it's a cone. cone there. Okay. And I'll drive by there and take a look at it, and then I'll have my local captain uh, work on that, and we'll Thank get you. an answer for you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, no commissioners, any other questions? Um, oh, sorry. No, I, go ahead. 
Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say congratulations to the men and women of Station 8 for their appearance on the new NBC show. Uh, it, was, it was great to see them. Yeah, it's fun to watch. They, I think they did a good job of representing what we do. And uh, we certainly, Fire Station 8 is uh, a very fun fire station to work in because of the city and the community it works in and how much you guys like your firefighters. I was here in different ranks and worked at Fire Station 8 and it's a, it's a fun place to work. And I think that was reflected in the show uh, and, and how much we enjoy our job and you know how lucky we are to be firefighters. And it's sure. good that the people see that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. LA Fire and Rescue. Yeah, LA Fire and Rescue. Yeah, it's, it's had, I think it's been picked up for a second season and okay. we um, are excited to just to have the cameras come back out. And you know, I'm sure Fire Station 8 will be selected again because they're pretty- Get them into seven too. Okay, we'll get them over to sevens as well, yes. Yeah. I offered, I said, hey, I was at Battalion 1, which is out of Fire Station 7. I said, hey, they can jump in the Battalion Chief wagon if they want. I don't know that I want to be a reality uh, celebrity, but I think it would be fun to, to drive around with the, with the film crews. I see a, ca a calendar coming in the future of Fire Station 8. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think there probably was in the past, and there may have been unofficial ones as well, so. Okay. Um, I know I took cert with Commissioner Nichols yeah. and also um, Councilmember Meister. Um, it was amazing training. There were a lot of acronyms to remember. You know, my head was spinning. We, we, um, we do like our acronyms. Yeah. Um, I personally, if possible, would like to see if we can host uh, the cert training twice a year, Director Rivas, because I actually would like to go back and do it again. I, it's a lot to comprehend in one training. Um, and Steve was amazing, but you know, it's a lot of information, yeah. um, which we found when we got to our final exam that I don't know if we passed or failed, but we passed. <laughs> that it I'm was sure a learning experience. Yeah. Uh, certainly, we, we can definitely work on that. We can get another date. Uh, there may be, even be a refresher component, and Captain Harper, is that who you refer to, yes, Steve? Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's excellent at that training. He does it all the time. And it's even possible that he would be able to, he works in our battalion, and if we wanted to, we could maybe find an opportunity for him to come down to Fire Station 7 and maybe do a refresher of sorts. Yeah, that would be great. And he was adamant we call him Steve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's been doing it for a long time. Okay. Educate a lot of people. So, great. Um, Commission Secretary, do we have any questions um, in chambers for our chief battalion or online? We don't have any questions in chambers. Um, we'll check Zoom. Doesn't doesn't look like we have any questions in Zoom either. Okay. Um, commissioners, any additional questions for? Our... Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome, and it's great to see everybody. Congratulations once again. Thank you. Thank you. Um, item 8B, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department will now provide a report for the month of June 2023. Sergeant Duran and, uh, yes, and Lieutenant Lapkin. Great to see you. Thank you for waiting. Good evening. Okay, so for the, uh, the month of June 2023, uh, West Hollywood personnel responded to 1,815 calls for service, 104 of those calls being emergency response requiring lights and sirens. Um, that's what we consider an emergency response. 
Um, during the month, deputies made 70 felony arrests and 110 misdemeanor arrests. Uh, West Hollywood Station Part 1 Crimes was down in the city for the month of June with 243 incidents when compared to June of 2022 that had 355. That was a, approximately a 30% drop from one year to the next. Uh, part 1 Crime Breakdown by District. The West District um, accounted for 55% of Part 1 Crimes, 134 total. City Center, 20%, 48 incidents total and the East End 25%, 61 incidents total. Uh, in comparison to last year, the West District was down 46%, City Center was down 18%, and the East District was up 32%. Overall, the crime numbers are driven by theft-related incidents, grand theft, petty theft, uh, vehicle burglaries. That accounts for the majority of the Part 1 crimes in June with 160 incidents total. There were 59 pickpocket incidents in the month of June that occurred um, in the Rainbow District. Our special teams continue to do reach out with local businesses to make them aware of the problem. We also have uh, plans to have special operations done within the Rainbow District to try to combat this type of crimes in our nightlife venues. Um, during the month of June, there were three reports of sexual assaults in June. Um, all of these incidents are being investigated by detectives actively. Uh, there were 12 grand theft auto or stolen vehicle incidents for the month of June. Uh, five of those vehicles have been recovered and arrests were made in two of those cases. Uh, we had 30 vehicle break-ins during the month of June. The majority of these vehicle uh, burglaries involved someone leaving property in plain sight in their vehicle. Uh, we would like to remind owners to leave their, uh, that leave their vehicles locked and to hide personal items that they leave behind. Also avoid leaving vehicles running and unattended for, for, I'm sorry, avoid leaving running vehicles unattended for any amount of time. In June, we had five catalytic converter thefts. Although this number is very low, this type of crime is still continuing throughout the county. Uh, this past Saturday on July 8th, the West Hollywood Sheriff Station uh, staff um, with the COPS team and the EPT teams combined um, hosted a free catalytic converter etching event. The event uh, ran for four hours, and we uh, were able to etch 90 vehicles in that time period. Uh, Traffic-related incidents for the month of June. We had 13 DUI arrests, um, seven of which involved a traffic collision. Um, other traffic-related information, on June 28th, there was a vehicle versus pedestrian collision. Uh, the driver of the vehicle was found to be at fault for failing to yield to the pedestrian. On June 3rd, we had a vehicle versus bicyclist collision that occurred. The bicyclist was found to be at fault for an unsafe lane change. On June 6th, there was a vehicle versus e-scooter collision. The driver of the vehicle was found to be at fault for opening their door into traffic. Um, some of the notable incidents for the month of June, I, I know we talked about last time the Pride celebration, that Pride weekend. Um, the information that I obtained was from our Emergency Operations Bureau, which handled the overall command of the, the festivities that weekend. They, they reported that there was very few incidents to, that, that were reported to us within those venues, which included the street fair, the parade, and the uh, music festival. Uh, four total incidents total, and most of them were just disturbances of some type. Uh, there were no arrests made 
in conjunction with those incidents. Uh, we did have one arrest that was made within the street fair, uh, and that involved a suspect that was wanted for a warrant, and we spoke about that last time. Um, throughout that entire weekend, deputies were extremely visible throughout the entire event, including the parade. Um, during the parade, deputies encountered some protesters. Uh, the deputies were present and allowed the protesters to make their demonstrations while keeping the environment safe. No arrests were made in conjunction with those protesters. On June 24th, um, at 1.30 in the morning, a security guard at a local bar observed a suspect pickpocket a person that was standing on the sidewalk. The security guard uh, was able to follow the suspect while calling the sheriff's station. When the deputies arrived, they were able to identify the suspect and arrest him, uh, and then we also recovered the stolen cell phone. Uh, we, we contribute this to how, some of the guidance that our deputies have been uh, doing outreach with with these local bars and clubs and talking to them about being vigilant um, in the area as, as well as inside their venues looking for these pickpocketers. On June 28th of this, month, uh, this past month, um, our station uh, had a volunteer meeting with Captain Mulder being present. During that meeting, Captain Mulder honored two of our volunteers for donating 500 hours of service and two additional volunteers for donating over 1,000 hours of service. Uh, these type of uh, volunteers that, that come to our station and donate all these hours are a huge asset. Um, they donate quite a bit of their time um, to the station and their community. Uh, starting next month, we would like to include the total number of hours donated by our volunteers in this report so that you guys are aware of how much time is being donated uh, with our station volunteers. The, the volunteer program is an exceptional program for those who want to give back to their community and recognizing their work is extremely important to us and should be recognized here at this commission. Um, our community academy is moving forward with a start date in late August, and it'll run through October. The academy will be open to all community members. The academy gives an in-depth look at our daily operations of the sheriff's station, as well as other specialized, other specialized units that work hand-in-hand -hand with us to keep our community safe. The academy is extremely beneficial and informative to those who want to learn more about law enforcement. I would encourage all of the commissioners to attend if possible, if not the entire session. Um, some of the selected uh, sessions would be also open to you to be um, to attend. Um, Lieutenant Lampkin will address some of the concerns that were brought up last meeting, um, and then after that, we'll be open for questions. Just to piggyback to, hello, good evening. Congratulations on chair and uh, vice chair. Um, I just want to follow up on the community academy. Once we have the final dates, because we're trying to dictate the final dates based on the speakers that are going to come for the community academy, we, we have a flyer and we'll send out the flyer and we're working in conjunction with Director Rivas to try and um, you know, sustain to get uh, one of the locations up near the library by the ARC. So once we finalize all the dates, we will send uh, the flyer out to whoever wants to join us again, like Sergeant Duran said, if you can make the six to eight weeks, or if not, which dates you want to show up, and we'll give you the agenda of who's coming, what, what's the topic of discussion for the day. And the hours are going to be from five to eight, um, three hours with breaks every hour, but we'll give you an agenda of who's coming when, and that's why that's the thing that we're kind of waiting on to see our it, finalizing who our guest speakers are going to be. Um, so just to know that's coming up, and it's going to be open to the public as well. 
A couple of things that were brought up, I know that you um, asked about the complaints, um, the number of complaints that we received, the number of accommodations or whatnot. Um, we're looking into, I know Director Rivas actually hit the nail on the head. We have to see if it's an active complaint or accommodation, we have to wait until that's completely done before we can provide any information. Um, we can give you the numbers, but we can't give any information as whether or not it's a surface, it's personal, we can't do any of that. So we're looking through our union to see what information we're allowed to release. But I know that the Office of Inspector General does provide the numbers quarterly, but the numbers are given to based on the complaints that are already done. So there's several ways, and we can get into with the presentation, but I'll just give you just a small portion of how a complaint is received. You can call the station, ask to speak to the watch commander, and say you have a, you have a complaint. You speak to them, and then we have a form we fill out. We collect, gather information. That form is given a specific number. Um, once we do that, we, the, the watch commander turns it into our operations division. That operations then is given to a lieutenant to handle for the most part. Then um, our operations, once they receive the complaint, a letter is sent to the person making the complaint saying, thank you very much, we received your complaint, so-and-so is in charge of your complaint. That's the initial letter. And then we conduct our investigation on an average, it's about 30 days that they give us to, 20 to 30 days to conduct the full investigation. We write a memo indicating our findings, whatever they are, um, whether we have body-worn camera, because most of the time it's a... Um, uh, not to give specifics, but let's say it's a complaint about a traffic, you know, they weren't happy with the way they were, um, they were pulled over, what was said. But we, luckily for us, um, it proves or disproves um, a complaint. We have body-worn cameras. So our body-worn cameras are to be turned on from the minute they make contact with somebody. So for us, it's easy to either confirm or deny that a whatever the complaint is. So it's a great resource to have the body-worn cameras, I believe. Um, and, and we can't release body-worn information out, but we, as internally, we review it. And we document whether or not the complaint is valid or not. So let's say a complaint is valid, then depending whether or not they have previous incidents for the same type of complaint, whether or not it's their first complaint, they can get a written reprimand or they can get days off and it's on a case-by-case -case basis. So um, there is a process, and if you're not comfortable with calling the station, let's say, no, it's not gonna get handled, it will, because it's on a recorded line, everything is recorded, so if you say you wanna file a complaint, a complaint is taken. But if you're not comfortable, you can call our Internal Affairs Bureau, and I actually have that number. That number is 1-800-698-TALK is one of the numbers to call. The other number is 1-800, well, it's the same thing, 698-8255. So that's our internal affairs. So if you want to file a complaint, they take it, but then they forward it to our station. So if for whatever somebody somebody's not comfortable saying, oh, you're not going to take the complaint, we take every complaint. We take every accommodation. If you want to say that a deputy did a fine job, we do the same thing. Um, but again, we're trying to figure out, during an active complaint, can we release what is it that we can? And, and I did, we're starting, we, we started looking into it, so we're, we're waiting for the unions to get back to us. But I know that the Department of, of um, what did I, Inspector General does every quarter. They give the number, whether it be complaints, accommodations, um, that information is provided every quarter. So we'll look into something that we can do. Um, again, we're still trying to figure out what we can and cannot give you. So that's as far as the complaints. Um, and right now we're open to any questions that you might have. Um, thank you. Um, first, I would like to 
commend our deputies in the way they handled the protesters. I was on um, the commissioner float with several of my other commissioners, and I thought it was handled very well. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I have a question. I want to make sure I get this right because I was excoriated from my mispronunciation. Uh, catalytic converter. Did I get that right? Um, you said there were 90 individuals, it turned out. Is Yes, so th th this past Saturday we held the event from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, we put it out on our social media and as well as the city put it out on theirs. Um, some local media and I believe also Channel 7 um, caught wind of it and put it out on um, the news report. And we had 90 vehicles show up to get um, etching done that day. So would you say that's a good turnout, 90 vehicles? Because is this the first time we've done this in the city? No, th this isn't our first event. Um, our events continue to, to gain traction. Um, the first few that we did were um, less than 20. Um, the last one that we had previous to this one was uh, 72. So th this number is definitely our record. And our next event, we're going to try to beat it. OK, great. Thank you. Um, commissioners, any questions? Commissioner Block? Um, yes, let me find where I just put my notes. Um, oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to echo that. Uh, I do want to commend the EPT team. You, you mentioned um, that uh, they were able to apprehend a pickpocket due to communicating with uh, one of the bar staff members. I actually do want to as well share with the community my firsthand experience of watching, watching the relationship that the EPT team, I know that that's redundant to say that, the EPT um, uh, members have with the bar community and, and staff uh, that work security there. Um, I'll get to it in my items, but when I was walking around with them on a, on a ride along that was a walk along, they were all effectively talking on a first name basis with um, the uh, security staff at the bars right here along the Rainbow District, and I was very... I don't want to say shocked, but I was super happy to see that, and so I can definitely, I, I want to just commend you uh, for that and definitely appreciate that. Um, that really goes to uh, the community-oriented policing, and I think it adds tremendous value to our ability to police. Um, question on what we can include on the monthly reports. So I definitely agree with uh, including the volunteer hours in our monthly sheriff's report. Do we need to make a motion to include that? Director Rivas? Uh, no, I mean, if there's consensus with the commission, and I, I think more importantly, too, is if um, I know Lieutenant Lapkin and Sergeant Duran uh, would need to speak probably to their crime analyst um, at the station to see if that's something that can, they can get pulled and added to the report. But as long as there's consensus with the commission to make that request, fine with that. Commissioners, are we in agreement? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, along that same line, um, traffic, traffic incidents, and, uh, and effectively, uh, and as well, citations with that, would we be able to include somewhere in here, I don't know if it's a, it's definitely not a part one crime, I don't know, I don't even think it would be a part two crime, but something that would help me understand as a community member, as well as some of my other community member uh, concerns is, you know, I, I live right off Fountain, um, which I begrudgingly refer to as the Fountain Freeway, um, and I cross it by 
foot twice a day um, at my peril, it feels. Um, I think it would be good for myself and the rest of the community to understand um, what is being done to citate across the city, um, just to at least know those numbers of, okay, you know, for this month we issued 100 traffic citations, and if nothing else, they were in like West, Center, East District. I would love to see greater granularity than that. I think we all kind of know where the hot speed zones are, um, but that would really help me to understand kind of, uh, for one for one scene, for one part, see how bad it really is. is is my experience anecdotal, or is it something that we're really seeing across the board and something that maybe we, in conjunction with the Transportation Commission, need to look at ways to um, solve or, um, uh, and then as well to uh, give, give time to the sheriff deputies that are actually performing those citations. Um, I don't often personally see uh, traffic police uh, sitting around waiting to issue citations and check speeds, but again, maybe that's just based on um, when I travel around the city and when those uh, deputies are on on watch there on traffic duty, I think it might be, but um, I don't know if we could include that, but that would be beneficial for me and I think for the rest of the community. I'm sure that it's something that we can include. Um, I know that right now we're, we're giving you the stats, the DUI stats and then all the traffic collisions. So I'm sure giving you citations that I'm sure we can break down mid-city, you know, at least which, which area we're getting. We might not get into the specifics of what the citation was, because we'll have a Bible, um, because they, if we, I don't know what the numbers are, so we'll have to look into uh, whether we give you a number, like we break it down mid-city center, you know, however mm -hmm. we break it down, mm -hmm. but we might not be able to give you the specifics. Okay, yeah, I would just say like, maybe maybe take that into advisement and, and see what you can do to, to share with us what, what we're seeing and so we can understand as well. It might even be just just based on we got all these on sunset. Like instead of you know instead of a uh, west center east, maybe it's sunset, uh, Santa Monica, all the all the all the big freeways, fountain, um, instead of maybe those divisions. I, don't know. I, I I give it to you to uh, to. I'll, take I'll ask our traffic division to see how they can break it down. What's the easiest? What's because I don't know how yeah, they can break no it down. Worries. So well, we'll ask. Um, thank you. And then the last question I've got is just generally, how is the uh, how is the search going for filling the public information officer role um, that city council approved? I think maybe two two roles. We, it, it was two positions. Okay. Um, so we're we're actively looking for our departments, but um, as you can see, every agency is down, um, whether it be deputies or professional staff. So I know that we're down in our law enforcement technician position. So. We are working to try and find people that are not only qualified, but that are want to work for, for even at a, at a, as a professional, you know, not a sworn position. So we're actively looking, um, and I know that we're down, I think, 159 of those law enforcement technicians. So I know trying to pull, our, in a perfect world, we would pull, we would interview and we'll pull people from different divisions because that's how things happen, but we can't even move bodies because we're down so many. So it, it, it is a challenge, but we're, we're doing our best to try and um, fill, up, fill in our public information. I know that we have an amazing volunteer. Arjun actually is here. Um, he has, he is uh, very savvy in social media and he's, he's gonna help us get out there and put us in the, 
in the century that we can actually do social media and be on top of things. So we're working with him and we're working with our partners. We actually have a meeting coming up with Beverly Hills so they can see, so we can see what works for it, for them, what has worked for them so that we can move forward. So he's an amazing partner to have with this. And, and you know, we're, we're very, very, very grateful for his um, expertise on this because most of us are not very um, social media savvy and he gave us a, a complete platform on how we're going to move forward um so we're very blessed to have him on our team so um but in the meantime we are working um, we are working actively to try and you know fill those two spots so but if in the meantime we are going to get working on getting the social media platform and, and and do the best we can okay thank you and thank you arjun as well and was the 159 short uh department wide department wide okay law enforcement technicians and that's as of I think a couple a couple of weeks ago, okay. things change, um, but that was what gives us a problem because we we can't find and let's say if we find a qualified LAT that will come in and say oh, that's a perfect PIO for us, but we can't take that LAT because there's a I don't want to say it's a moratorium, but we cannot move bodies and so we're working we're doing our best okay. with with what we have. <laughs> Understood. Thank you. Thank okay. you. That was uh, those were all my questions. And thank you as well for helping me. Uh, if you if you leave before then, thank you for helping me get set up with the ride alongs. Of um, I really appreciate it and gave me great insight. Thank you. We're here to help you out. All right, Commissioner Nickel. Uh, actually, I, to follow up on that, that was my question: where we were at with the two unsworn officers. The other one's a community liaison. Is that correct? They're, they're both going to be law enforcement technicians. They're professional staff. Um, great. And, and, and our goal is they're going to be part of the Neighborhood Watch. They're going to be part of Community Academy. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be part of the community, you know, among, like, the Cops Bureau and the APT team. We're just going to, they're going to be part of our team. So, again, there are certain challenges, and we're going to work through the challenges that we have. Sure. And where are we with the sergeant and the deputy that's being brought back? So the sergeant, as of Wednesday, is uh, following, um, coming up next Wednesday, which I'll bring him into the next public safety um, commission meeting so we can introduce him. He will start as of a week from Wednesday. Yes. Uh, so he's going to be part, so it's going to be Sergeant uh, Bose. Um, he's one of the newer sergeants at the station, so he's going to be taking the EPT position. So uh, he, he's starting, and again, we'll bring him up here so we can introduce him. He'll be a part of the meetings, uh, just again, so you can see a face, but he'll be part of the EPT team. Perfect. And there's a deputy as well, an addition. The deputy, we, we have a rotation on there, so there's already one that's been, been filled in there. So. Great. So what's the total number of officers then that you do have at the station now? For part of the station or part of the teams? The, all of it. Oh, station. I don't have the number. I don't have the, okay. the 575 with me, but I can get that for you. Okay. Thanks. That's all I have. Good to see you both. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, Commissioner Aramian. Uh, Lieutenant. Mm -hmm. Sergeant, good to see you guys. Thank you uh, both for being here and for your service. Um, I just have a question on the status of where we are with our license plate leader, readers in West Hollywood. I know that's being rolled out. I uh, wanted to know if you could briefly talk about that, what the status is, how that's going to operate. Is it going to be all throughout just Santa Monica Boulevard, or is it throughout the city of West Hollywood? I'm going to direct that to Director Rivas, because he knows more information on that. <laughs> Yeah, um, so uh, we're uh, currently um, in uh, the process of uh, still just identifying um, some additional locations. So it was a total of 39. 
um, license plate reader cameras in addition to uh, the four that we already have. Um, right now, the current location that we have that was existing is uh, Santa Monica Boulevard in La Brea. Um, these other 39 additional cameras will be uh, placed out throughout uh, the community um, along Santa Monica Boulevard, um, Sunset, uh, Melrose, and a lot of the other uh, cross streets, uh, La Cienega, uh, San Vicente, uh, Robertson, et cetera. And so um, we're just finalizing that and then we're going through um, internally through the uh, permitting process because any work that's done out in the public right of way takes coordination with our public works department um, and our engineering division. And so we're just getting all of those uh, bits uh, sorted out, but we're almost at uh, the 90-yard the line. So we're almost there, the field goal. Um, and so we anticipate probably in the next 10 uh, to 12 weeks of having all of those uh, 39 additional cameras um, in place, installed. Um, in terms of the, the functionality of them and who will have access, that's gonna be 100% um, the West Hollywood Sheriff Station, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. So um, they will have a dashboard um, that essentially they uh, will have access to and receiving alerts, et cetera. And so um, city staff will not be accessing that uh, in any way, shape or form. Um, and the Sheriff's Department will be abiding by um, state law as well as their uh, standard uh, operating uh, procedures and policies as it relates to the license plate readers. Uh, will our neighboring agencies like Beverly Hills, you know Beverly Hills has a similar system in place currently. Um, will we be sharing that information with the city of Beverly Hills and vice versa? Because I know um, it's helped. We've, I know, I've met with Captain uh, Mulder last week and I know we've ca caught some people in Beverly Hills due to their um, license plate reader. So is that something we're going to share with our neighboring agencies? Um, it is something that's being discussed. Um, you know, there is a, a mutual aid agreement between not just our, our neighbors, but even our um, neighboring cities, um, you know, um, with the information and emergency situations. So it is something that's being discussed. But to your point, uh, Commissioner, um, yes, there have been um, instances um, and even recent um, uh, incidents uh, that uh, where folks have uh, committed a crime here in West Hollywood um, have gone to Beverly Hills and have been apprehended as a result of the uh, license plate. So, thank you. Sure. Um, Commissioner Freiberg. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for your presentation. What is the penalty for pickpocketing? I would have to look at that. I don't know what, it, a lot of, if he has priors, if it's the first time offense. Um, Let's say it's a first time offense. I would have to look to see what it is based on what the DA accepts okay. as far as um, if it's a petty theft, it could be a, just a cite, no time in, in. Just a citation? So then they could just go out and do it again? How many repeat offenders do you think you have? Unfortunately, because of the zero bail, um, going on right now, we, they come in, we process them, we cite them out. That it's, it's, and that's completely out of, our, out of our hands. But I know that if, if a specific suspect is, or a person that we arrested for pickpocketing and they have priors, we don't determine that, that's up to the DAs. So I would have to look on, I could look at the bail scale as far as for them to bail out, that's something different. But again, it all has to be on a case by case basis. First time offenders, Probably nothing. 
but I would have to double check with our detectives and see what on the pickpocketers, if they had anybody with priors, if they were sentenced to anything, mm -hmm. or if they just did community service, if they spent a weekend, this considered community service, if they spent a weekend in jail. So it varies, so I couldn't give you that specific answer, but I can ask to see what our detective bureau sees when they file those pickpocketing charges. I can ask that to see if they even get filed or if they don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to see how easy it is for them to just pickpocket, and they're making so much money that they would just do it again if they're not getting penalized. <clears throat> and I know in the past that we have had some of our pickpocketers, we've arrested them in the past, if not us, another agency. So, I mean, unfortunately, I, can, I can't speak to what the district attorney does and um, how they, what they charge with, how they penalize, I, I, we have no control over that. Okay, and then I just wanted to circle back about the incident that I talked about last, um, last commission, just a reminder how one of the residents was threatened by a food delivery person she felt threatened, she called the sheriffs. There was no one coming. They didn't have anybody because there was an incident that was happening, so nobody was sent. They finally came around two and a half hours later, block by block, wasn't called. <clears throat> and you said you were gonna look into the incident, sorry. I'm so I did. Um, I spoke to the individual who took the call and they did have emergency calls, so everything else, what they call is, they, if you call and say you have a report call, um, can you get closer to oh, the mic? Sorry. Can you Thank hear me you. now? Yeah. Oh, I feel like a Verizon commercial there. Yeah. I think that's what they said. Um, I did. I did speak to her and spoke to her about the etiquette of, of making sure that if she felt, if our if our citizen felt threatened, that we were supposed to send somebody out there. But the information relayed to her, she didn't gather that that she was threatened. She just didn't like the way the delivery person treated her. Um, I, we talked about our partnership with Block by Block and if, you know, that we should say, hey, we have the services from Block by Block. Maybe you can call them so they can walk you to your car. So there was a little bit of education um, with, with our, our complaint person. And um, unfortunately, it's something that we go, if it's a new person, because complaint is um, the desk is somebody, somebody that's usually light duty. Um, if it's a deputy that's there because they're injured and we have them working, so we put them somewhere where they have no contact. So our, it's always a revolving door trying to educate them. And when incidents like this happen, then we go talk to them individually. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's, this is what it is. So we send reminder emails saying, hey, we have our partners in Block by Block. These are the duties that they do. This is the phone number. Um, and then remind them, too, of phone etiquette and not being flustered, because she was a little bit flustered because it was an emergency call here. So I get that they get a little bit stressed themselves, but we still need to treat our citizens with respect and, and listen to each call on an individual basis. So we did, we had a discussion on how to speak to our citizens. So, you know, I apologize to our citizens for not feeling like they were even valued, that, you know, it took, it took time for them to go because it was, at that point, it was a report call. Okay. No, I'm just glad that things from now on will be different and there will be somebody there or somebody that they can call, somebody they could send, you know, and they're not left with nobody. No, so absolutely. So I thank you for that. And absolutely. And if at any time any of our citizens have, they don't like the way they were treated at the desk, they can always call and call back and ask to speak to the watch sergeant or the watch commander and speak to them and they will address it at the time. 
Yeah. And if something doesn't get handled at the time, they can always send me an email, but I'm not there 24-7. So I'll look into after the fact. But if you don't like the way something is being handled, you don't like the way the complaint person, the watch deputy, somebody spoke to you, call back and ask to speak to the watch commander or the watch sergeant. They'll transfer you. Just tell them what, what you weren't happy with X, Y, and Z, and they should address it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, but a lot of people are scared of the sheriffs. They're scared of the police. They're scared of, you know... Um, retaliation and whatnot. What if somebody emailed instead? Would they get go through the same process? There would be an investigation? Yes, they as far as complaint. We still have to call them in person. Because we right, need but them. you're still gonna follow up with somebody that would email a complaint. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, they Thank can you. always email me. And if it's a complaint, then they need to talk to the watch commander because remember the, the complaint form, they have to fill that out. But if it's something after the fact and they want me to look into a call, then I can do that. But, um, I mean, I, I, I sure hope that they're not, shouldn't be scared of us. I mean, we're here for them. We're here to help them. We're, you know, we're here to try and change things. If, if things are not going the way they should be, then that's what we're here for. Let's address it. Let's change it. Let's fix it. Um, and that's the best thing we can do. Let's come to the table and talk about it. And because we don't want our, our citizens to be afraid of us. We're here for them. Right. We're here to protect them. Yeah, I, I think that new position that you're looking for that um, Commissioner Lau had spoke about would really help to mm -hmm. bridge that gap, you know, and make people know that you're here to help the residents. So absolutely. Thank you. Um, commissioners, any additional questions? I have a go back. If that's a okay. go back question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Commissioner Ramian reminded me, and I feel like now is actually the, the right time to bring it up, um, about the ALPR cameras. Uh, while you're looking at the ability to include statistics on like the speeding citations, I think it would be uh, great to see as well, if possible, or just, just look at what we could do in terms of including um, sort of the metrics on what we're getting out of the ALPR camera installation that we have currently on Santa Monica and La Brea. That could be, you know, things like, uh, well, what, I'm, what I would be really curious about is to see, you know, raw number of license plates scanned just to get an understanding of, okay, how many license plates are we scanning? How many cars are we really going through here? Um, the, how, how those match up, how those automatically kind of get matched up to different categories of crimes. When I was doing the ride-along, I, I got to see the system firsthand and I was like astounded, I, I loved it. Um, I, I wanna, I think we should be able to share that a little bit more, how that works, but things like, you know, we had this many uh, scanned stolen license plates, this many scanned stolen vehicles, um, <clears throat> and then maybe relating that to how many of those, if possible, generated a, a response. Because um, obviously for, uh, for stolen license plates, if there's something else that's going on, um, that's going to be kind of the lower priority thing. Um, as opposed to, you know, if there was like a, a report of an amber alert or a silver alert that was tagged to the license plate, um, I think that would just be beneficial information to see on there, um, if possible. If you could just look at look at how we would do that, um, and then I'll include the rest of that point in my items. Um, the last uh, last question I actually have is something that I observed during my ride along, um, actually with both ride alongs for EPT as well as on patrol. Um, in both instances, uh, I noticed 
and observed and in talking with some of the deputies that were uh, around as well that there were reports that they were kind of that they were lacking resources especially related to the less than lethal equipment tasers um, uh, when I did my ride-along on uh, with um, with just patrol on a Thursday morning and that was with um, I've got it in here with Deputy Ceballos. Um, Deputy Ceballos was the only one, I think, on duty at the time who had a taser um, when we were needing to respond, when there was a, a response going on that the MET team actually responded to. We were over here on the west side of the city, and the response was over on the far, the, the, the end of the east side of the city. Um, as a result of that, we needed to escalate and turn on the sirens and drive all the way across the city because we had the only taser. On, on equipment at that time. So my question to you is, um, can we include or get a, get a report back in terms of the overall equipment satisfaction that we have locally for our policing force, uh, especially related to less than lethal devices? Um, obviously, use of deadly force is the absolute last thing that anyone wants to do. And especially if we're shorthanded with um, deputies and resources. We don't want people running back and forth um, just because they've got equipment that everyone really should have. I know that this is something that um, the LA County Sheriff, the, the, or the, the department broadly has to provide. It's not part of um, really what the city can do. Um, in my discussions with Captain Mulder on this exact topic, he actually mentioned that he's reached out to the city about like getting, getting help with uh, getting taser batteries and the city's helped out in that as well. So I'd love to see that. Um, but I think it would be a benefit to the city to know um, where we stand on an equipment standpoint um, so that we can relay that back up through the sheriff or to the, to the city council and then they can maybe relay that up to the sheriff uh, in terms of um, kind of complaints and making sure that we were adequately resourced to do the job because it's a tough job. No, absolutely. I'll, I'll check um, because I know just so you have an understanding, when the deputies come in, we have what's called an armory. They come in and they get, um, whether it be the shotgun or less lethal, which um, they are um, get tasers too. But I have to figure out because at one point we had them assigned to people. Um, I just have to see what the protocols are now, but um, I'll find out to see what equipment. Um, we have an armor that I would have to check. There's a sergeant that oversees our armory to see what, what our deficiencies are, but I know that he's right. Every, you know, we, we contact the director, Riva, said, sir, can you help us out with buying some batteries? Can you help us out with buying a, you know, AED, you know, battery too? There's many things that the city does help us with, which is technically not, it's not up to them, but, you know, it's a great partner that we have that because we, you know, we have a foundation, and that's another thing that we have. Our foundation helps us out with um, whatever resources, whether it be training equipment that the department doesn't provide for us, that we try, they try to supplement also. So I'll look into the less lethal equipment and to see where we're, where we're needed, and I can report back to that. Okay, thank you, because that's, that's something that's very important and I think very concerning as well. And I think something that we should look at leading up to um, the service, uh, the, the contract renewal um, that we're gonna be looking at next week is how exactly well equipped we are and how the funding that goes into the overhead um, is being well or not well allocated to equipping um, the officers that uh, are charged with uh, uh, providing our service and our safety in our community. Thank you, and um, before we move on, the last thing, 
I would just like to say, in piggybacking with Commissioner um, Freiberg, um, I think all individuals that answered the phone on behalf of our Sheriff's Department, there's a law enforcement component, but there's also a customer service component. And I know going back to 2015, when I first became involved with Neighborhood Watch, there was an ongoing problem uh, with individuals who answered the phone. And when most residents call our sheriff's department, they're panicked. Um, they may not be as clear. Um, so I just think from our sheriff's end, we just need them to work better. So I don't know if that's continual training, reminding, this is how we work with the public, but I think it's very important because, you know, when you call for the cavalry, um, you expect help. And I know I've had some of those situations where I haven't gotten a response that I thought um, should have been offered, so. And that's, that's part of the continuing training and continuing reminder and also, we might know what, why we're asking the questions, but you don't know. You don't know that I'm already typing and sending a car, and you, you know I'm trying to get you to calm down, but if I can just tell you I need to get this information, I am dispatching a unit now, and those are the things that we are working with them. You might not know what I'm doing, so I'm gonna just tell you so you understand what I'm doing. I am sending a car now, you know, because people are, I mean, obviously they're calling the police because they're in a state of need, um, for the most part. Um, so. We need to learn to convey that information. I'm typing this information. I'm sending a unit now, but this is the information that I need. So if we just continue to communicate that, because I'm doing it already, but you don't know that I'm doing it. So yes, it's continuous training, and, and we, do send, um, we do send our complaint um, personnel to recurrent training. I have to double check how often. I want to say it's every year, every two years. I have to check with our training staff to see how often they get that type of training. But there is ongoing training for professional staff and for sworn. So there, that is that, but, it, but at any time somebody is not treated the way they should be treated, then reach out to me and I will address, whether it be if investigations, whether it be just counseling, or oh, I didn't know, like this one, that deputy, you know, um, that person didn't know about block by block, if that's what they do. So it's on us also to, you know, myself, to make sure that our desk understands the resources that we have and what they have. So it, it is, you know, ongoing, you know, but I do, I mean, they, it has to be, it has to be conveyed and it has to be communicated to our citizens what we're doing. Great, thank you. Um, before we move on, Commission Secretary, do we have any public mm -hmm. comments or concerns? Um, we don't have oh, any. Oh, Commissioner Harrison, right, see, oh, you popped ahead. up. Go ahead. Provide for the cameras um, that are being uh, implemented. What other data are we gathering from them? Like, we've talked a lot about traffic. I know we've had discussions about traffic, and anecdotally, we've all noticed that people are driving a little more wildly these days. Um, are we gleaning any information or collecting data from the license plate cameras that would help affect the ability for the sheriffs to perform their job when it comes to traffic safety? Uh, no, so they uh, simply just uh, are scanning the license plates and are looking for any alerts. Um, but yeah, they're not intended to be um, like a, a traffic speed or, yeah, thanks. Yeah, because yeah, in order for us to do right a violation or to do any of that, we have to see the violation. So we might see them, you know, and it doesn't take speed. It just reads the license plates. It just reads, um, and, and with the other flock cameras that our neighboring, you know, neighbors have, we do have a system where they communicate. 
So again, where Director Rivas said that we're working on information how to share it. If if a crime occurred here and we put the license plate on on a felony dangerous or a, a stolen vehicle, if that vehicle drives into Beverly Hills LAPD, it'll alert them that this vehicle was used either in a commission of a crime here. So that's the information that is shared. But as far as like traffic enforcement, it's not. Thanks. And you know, I just wanted to add one thing, um, Commissioner Harrison, if um, the intent is kind of like to gauge the level of speed, right, uh, with certain streets. Um, so our city's engineering division does um, contract for studies to be performed. And so they evaluate, it's part of their requirements um, to kind of evaluate um, the level of speed um, and setting a speed limit. Um, in a specific um, area of the community. Um, I forget the frequency. It's been some time since I worked in public works, but um, I know that those are conducted um, and it's required um, of every city engineer in, in every city uh, throughout the state of California. But it does provide you, when they do those counts, they know the number of vehicles and they know the average uh, speed uh, that those vehicles are, are traveling. Um, and that's part of the engineer's report um, that goes into that, and then they make a determination, right, on uh, some sort of mitigation factors, or um, also, uh, you know, work with public safety in terms of getting maybe some motor units, traffic motor units out, if it's something that they need to do some enforcement on. Um, they even do that when folks request um, speed humps um, in residential neighborhoods. Um, and so they conduct studies and they look at all that as well as a part of that to make a determination on the feasibility of it. So I just wanted to share that with the commissioner. Yeah. Commissioners, any additional questions? All right, thank you, Lieutenant Lapkin, Sergeant Duran. Um, moving on to our next item, 8C, um, report by Manager Shea Gibson from our block by block Security Ambassadors. and uh, Mr. Salzman, um, congratulations. So I have a very, very short report for June. Um, besides Pride, um, which I spoke about a little bit last month, um, it was pretty much business as usual for us, um, per the reports. Um, we have been receiving uh, an increase in requests uh, for providing security presence at uh, all city meetings, um, as well as uh, request and increase providing security presence for all city events, or most of the events. Um, we did have the pleasure of um, uh, being able to provide presence for Mayor uh, Shine uh, during her Sips with Seppi at Deb's Coffee on June 17th. Um, and other than that, again, we've just been proactively patrolling, um, making sure that we are trying to keep up a high level of visibility. Um, and addressing any concerns that, 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 that we're running across. Um, besides that, I'm, I'm really open to any questions that you may have. Um, I have a question because I know from time to time we hear from residents in certain areas that they feel um, they're not 
receiving services or attention from block by block. Um, would you say we have enough ambassadors to actually cover our city? I realize we're only 1.9 miles, but um, it's a pretty large area. Yes, yes, we definitely have enough ambassadors. I mean, we're not, uh, so we, we have a total of about 93 ambassadors. Okay, but of course we're not uh, 93 ambassadors out there every single day, right? Um, so, but we do have uh, enough ambassadors per shift to, to address uh, whatever the situations arise. And do we have a kiosk anywhere in the Sunset area? Yeah, we have a kiosk at the Sunset Spectacular, actually. That's where that, that kiosk is located. It's right across from, I think, the Supreme store is opening up now. So I'm kind of anticipating us to get a lot more hits now, uh, being that that store will be opening up. It's a pretty popular, popular store. Okay. Um, Commissioner Aramian. Um, good evening. Good evening. I have a quick question. Um, you know, I had called the ambassadors on June 27th at 410. Um, I had an unhoused person in front of my business who was not moving. Um, I called back at 438. No one had arrived still. Um, at 445, there were still no ambassadors. Um, they finally arrived at 450, which is 40 minutes later. During that time, I saw an ambassador ride her bicycle right by me. What was the delay for that response call? Uh, to be honest with you, I would have to look at that specific call and try to, to find out that. So I can, I can get back to you on that. Could you do me a favor and provide me uh, the times again? Yeah. Um, I had called at 4.10 okay. p.m. on June 27th, and uh, a female ambassador arrived at 4.50, which is 40 minutes after I called. Okay. Um, after they had left, I had also called back and wanted to speak to you or a supervisor, and I'm still waiting to hear back from you. Okay. I gave you my phone number, or not you, I left a message. Okay. I left a message for a supervisor to call me back. Yeah, and I, and I definitely would have called you back if I received that message. I know, but from June 27th to now, I'm still waiting for that phone call. I apologize, but you can get it from me. No, I understand, but I still would, I don't know, I would like to know what that delay was. I'll find out, I'll get, and I'll get you that information. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, any additional questions? Uh, also, just quickly sharing something that was shared with me when I first started. Um, Commissioner Ramian's question is a valid one and wanting um, a response, um, but we do have the ability to go to all of our agencies in advance of our meetings. Um, if there's a question that we have or something we would like to address, we can ask, just give them a heads up so they're aware maybe that information can be provided because um, it prevents a delay of having to wait a month to get an answer. Um, Mr. Gibson, I think, do we have any public comments or? No public comments. Um, we, I think we do have one on Zoom. No, oh, no, no, we don't. Okay. So before I go, I do want to uh, apologize for that uh, uh, wait time, and I would definitely get that information over to you. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You all have a good evening.
Um, moving on to the much anticipated item, item nine, um, items from staff. Director Rebus. <laughs> Thank you, Chair uh, and Vice Chair and members of the Public Safety Commission. Danny Rebus again here, uh, Director of Community Safety for the City of West Hollywood. Um, I wanted to just give um, a, a quick uh, update. Uh, National Night Out is just around the corner. Um, it falls on a Tuesday um, and it's on August 1st. Um, and we have uh, nine different uh, locations. Uh, six of the nine are actually uh, neighborhood uh, groups or associations that are hosting um, activations um, in their neighborhood. So we're super um, excited about that. Um, and then uh, the remaining three um, are a mixture. Uh, one is a commercial um, location, which is on La Brea in Santa Monica, uh, the gateway. Um, and so they uh, host uh, and have been for the last couple of years, um, a neighborhood uh, night out um, event. Um, and then we have uh, two additional um, activations that occur at Plummer Park. We have one with our um, Russian speaking uh, advisory board. Um, and then we have our recreation division as well um, that puts on um, an activity. Um, but the other uh, six uh, neighborhood groups, and I just wanted to um, uh, also communicate this to members of the public, um, which we will have posted, um, and we do have a staff report that's going to our city council um, this Monday um, that will um, actually uh, provide an overview uh, of these associations and these watch groups, as well as um, the locations and uh, street closures that some of them are going to be um, entertaining as a part of their activations. Um, and so we have the West Hollywood West uh, Resident Association, um, we have West Hollywood Heights Neighborhood Association, um, the Cynthia Sunset Neighborhood Watch Group, um, the East Side Neighborhood Watch Group. Um, we have uh, North uh, Kings Road uh, Neighborhood Watch Group, um, and then we have the Harper Sweetser Neighborhood Watch Group. So those are the six uh, neighborhood groups um, that are participating this year. And as I mentioned, the other three um, are one's commercial, which is the gateway on Santa Monica La Brea, and then our Recreation Services Division and our Russian Speaking Advisory Board. And those locations will be um, in terms of the Recreation and Russian Speaking Advisory Board at Plummer Park. Um, and then you have the Gateway, which I referenced um, twice. And then you have the other uh, neighborhood associations as well. So um, the West Hollywood West Resident Association um, will be occurring um, at Sherborne and Ashcroft. Um, and uh, I'm looking here just to make sure. Yes, and then uh, our West Hollywood Heights Neighborhood Association um, does not have uh, street closure, but they are located off our horn, um, just north of uh, San Vicente, uh, near where I think the Supreme Store um, was just mentioned right now. And so um, that is the block. So there, it's a cul-de-sac, um, and they've traditionally done that um, every year as well. Um, we have Poinsettia Avenue, north of Santa Monica and south of Fountain, um, which uh, is our, our east side neighborhood watch. I know they um, had an event last year, and they plan on doing an event uh, this year as well as a part of that street closure. Um, and then we have North uh, Harper Avenue, um, north of Santa Monica Boulevard, 
um, that will be participating, and that is the Harper Sweetser Neighborhood Watch uh, group that will be um, activating that space. And then on Kings Road, which is north of Santa Monica Boulevard, um, there'll be a segment of, of Kings Road there between Santa Monica and Fountain that will be uh, closed as well for that watch group. So um, super excited. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And then we do have another... Uh, it's uh, Herat Street between Hilldale and Hammond. Um, and so that is the Cynthia Sunset Neighborhood Watch Group. So apologies there, but that will be the other uh, activation that is occurring this year. So super excited about that. Um, Jessica, a coworker here, is, is definitely working um, with all of the groups, getting the merchandise, um, getting uh, the street closures and getting all those things um, set up and working with our facilities and field services um, division, working with our parking services division. Of course, we'll be having our uh, West Hollywood Sheriff Station uh, special team deputies that will be there present. Uh, we also have uh, Los Angeles County Fire Department personnel that will be there, um, along with our block-by-block -block security ambassadors, and you'll also see um, a various a different city staff from different departments. Um, our code enforcement staff will be there as well, uh, visiting all of them, um, and I will, of course, be in attendance, uh, as I have been every year, so it's, it's a great event to really invite the entire community and all the commissioners to attend as well. Um, the gateway usually kicks off at 4 p.m., um, and then you have various events that are occurring uh, with everything concluding by 9 p.m. So um, you'll be able to kind of map out uh, your, uh, you know, visitation to these different neighborhood groups. Um, I traditionally do that uh, starting at La Brea in Santa Monica and uh, working, working my way west uh, in the community. So again, we're just super excited about that and wanted to provide that update. Um, I wanted to pause before I, I moved on if uh, the commission had any questions regarding National Night Out. I think we can move forward. Great. Um, and so the, the big ticket item that I mentioned uh, early on with the work plan uh, updates uh, that I wanted to provide the commission with is um, we do have our um, regular scheduled meeting, uh, which is next month uh, on Monday, August 14th. Um, but as you uh, heard me uh, provide an update earlier regarding the Center for Policing Equity um, study, that is something that is a high priority um, and will be a very important discussion. Um, it's a priority for not only the community, but for the city council, um, as well as the Public Safety Commission, uh, hence the reason why you've seen it uh, on the work plan uh, notated in, in years prior. Um, so the Center for Policing Equity um, is a focus uh, regarding pedestrian and traffic-related uh, stops, uh, use of force, et cetera, and the goal um, of this uh, assessment uh, by the Center for Policing Equity um, is to assist, um, or excuse me, assess uh, calls for service um, and the actions taken uh, by our West Hollywood Sheriff Station. And so that information um, has been analyzed. Um, it's taken uh, some time in order to do that, but um, the final report uh, will be uh, ready and prepared to be shared uh, to uh, the community. Um, and so with that, um, we will be conducting a, a special meeting um, on August 14th, which will actually include um, the entire city council um, as well as the Public Safety Commission. Um, so uh, rather than having an independent Public Safety uh, Commission meeting, um, we will be um, adding our, our city council um, to that meeting as well as, as all of the commission here. 
um, and we'll be conducting that um, a study session, if you will, on this important item on August 14th. So it will be at 6 p.m. Um, and so there were some uh, coordination, obviously, that, that occurred uh, with the city clerk's office, the city clerk, uh, Melissa Crowder, who was here earlier on um, and facilitated the election of chair and vice chair, uh, will be here uh, facilitating um, that evening's meeting. Um, and so that will be uh, one of the items that is on the agenda. Um, and then the second item is actually a, a, a city council uh, directive that's been ongoing as well, um, and that is related to uh, safety and security enhancements, um, not only uh, in general in, in West Hollywood, but also as it relates to city facilities. Um, and so that item uh, began uh, last year and was a directive, um, and it was actually included as part of the community safety and well-being strategy. Um, and that uh, unfolded, um, and that strategy plan um, went to city council and was actually adopted um, in uh, December of last year. Um, and so since then, we've had an additional uh, city council directive, which occurred in February of this year. Um, and as a part of that discussion, city council did ask that both of the items that they provided, one from last year and the February item of this year, be combined um, as a part of the discussion. So given the fact that the Public Safety Commission um, will be here um, next month um, having the discussion, um, uh, you know, we felt that it was uh, a good opportunity, obviously, to add that item um, on the agenda. So uh, August 14th, uh, which, you know, was scheduled to be the next Public Safety Commission meeting, again, will be held with the City Council um, in addition to the Commission, um, and we'll be having a discussion regarding those two items. One, again, will be the Center for Policing Equity, and then the second will be safety and security enhancements um, in West Hollywood. So those two items, it would be a focused conversation, um, giving obviously members of the public an opportunity, um, but it'll really allow um, the concentration um, and not you know, having uh, any other additional items um, on the agenda for that evening. So um, that is my, uh, my big update uh, that I was trying to hold back on in terms of uh, providing, but uh, I wanted to obviously wait until items from staff to go over these two very important items. Um, and I would like just to mention that the, the safety and security enhancements will be discussing um, issues involving um, aerial first responders, um, which is the use of drones. You'll have a discussion regarding stationary first responders, which is stationary um, cameras that will be placed out. So that is completely separate and different um, than the license plate readers. Um, and then you'll have a, a number of other security enhancements, as I mentioned, to uh, city facilities that will be uh, a part of that, along with other type of technology uh, type of enhancements. So um, staff has been working uh, very hard on this uh, item, uh, meeting with a number of different um, agencies, uh, cities, um, as well as vendors, and, and uh, you know, getting a sense of uh, what's out there, what would uh, best uh, fit and serve the needs of the community. So um, those would be the two items that will be up for discussion on August 14th. So available for, for any questions. Uh, commissioners, any questions for Director Rivas? Um, I actually have like a question or a request. Um, on that second point, if you're taking requests, um, with pride when the, the whole section of, the, of Santa Monica Boulevard was shut down for traffic for the weekend, amazing. 
I felt like the community was all together. It was magnetic and it felt really safe to walk around. I would love to see that more often. I know that we do that. We're planning to do that for Halloween. Um, I'm wondering if you could consider looking at, uh, as part of this um, safety and security enhancement update, um, the possibility of installing mechanical bollards uh, across Santa Monica Boulevard at La Cienega all the way over to Doheny so that we can more easily shut down that area without needing to um, you know, put all the trucks and the garbage trucks in the way. Um, and you know, it might allow uh, it to be easier for us to shut that down to do more regular events if we wanted to. I mean, maybe it's crazy to say, but like monthly, monthly something, you know? That's, that's, that's a lot, I realize, but you know, maybe quarterly shutdown of Santa Monica Boulevard like that to, you know, really gather the community maybe look at uh, mechanical bollards is my request uh, for the security enhancement. Thought I'd yeah. give it to you now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it definitely something to uh, bring up during uh, the discussion on August 14th um, to have, you know, have that be heard and uh, see if that's a recommendation that um, the city council will consider to provide to staff. Um, yeah, I will tell you that, uh, you know, it, it, you'll still need to have uh, not the, the Athens trucks, as you were mentioning, but other vehicles as a part of shutting down, even if you have the bollards, um, you know, and, and starting off strategically, um, you know, from even further than La Cienega, if you're heading west uh, in Santa Monica lanes, or if you're coming east, right, we would obviously start at Doheny. Um, but uh, can certainly see uh, the benefit, as you mentioned, in terms of the bollards. So um, we are planning on uh, doing the same um, uh, footprint, if you will, for Halloween in terms of the street closure. Um, this will be the first year um, since uh, COVID um, that we reactivate um, you know, that uh, length of, of street closure. We did not do that last year, um, but we are planning on, on doing that this year. But anytime that we have a street closure of that magnitude, um, there is a significant public safety cost um, that's involved uh, with doing the street closure and making sure, right, that you have adequate coverage on all of the um, residential streets uh, along Santa Monica Boulevard, um, sheriff's personnel, fire department, et cetera, and obviously looking at ingress, egress, and all of the emergency management that goes into that, so, um, but, but definitely. Um, any other questions, commissioners? Yeah, I do. Um, how far in advance of the August 14th meeting will we have that final report to review? So we're looking at um, uh, hopefully getting everything um, out, um, I want to say at least a week um, in, in advance. Uh, I know traditionally we put the agenda out um, like Thursday, uh, which, which is fulfilling the 72-hour uh, requirement, but um, we obviously want to provide uh, additional time, and so that's that's the target time frame is to hopefully be able to get um, the agenda out for viewing at, at least a week in advance. Thank you. Sure. Commissioners, any other questions? Um, all right, Director Rivas, thank you. Um, item 10, public comments. Commission Secretary, do we have any public comments at this time? Looks like we do have one in chambers. Great, thank you. 
Good evening. Just wanted to thank the sheriffs for a call for service that I had on, I think it was Father's Day morning of, uh, Deputy McDowney and uh, Dep uh, Deputy Herrera, I think that was her name, responded in a timely manner. Uh, they were very professional from the time they, they took the call. Deputy arrived, called me, took the report, and followed up with me the next day. Thanks again. Thank you. Any additional comments, Commissioner Secretary? No, we don't have any additional comments. Okay, great. Um, next is items from commissioners as we round the end here. Um, you know, I will start, uh, since our last meeting, I attended two events on the city's Juneteenth event, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, I also attended the hazardous mitigation event with Commissioners Ramian Nichols, um, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson was there, and Councilmember Meister, and I think it was a great event. And the Zoom event will be Thursday, July 13th at 6 p.m. I highly encourage residents to participate. Um, I think it's very important. Um, also, because I wear two hats, Yes, WeHo East, um, that's what we're called, Director Rivas on the east side. Um, we will be doing a carnival, and from 5.15 to 5.45, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson has volunteered to be in our dunk tank. Uh, and for a dollar per ball, you can try to dunk Mayor Pro Tem, and the funds will go to our city scholarship fund, so it's for a great cause. Um, also wrapping out my comments, Twice it came up since I've been appointed by Mayor Pro Tem Erickson to be chair. Uh, the first time by former Commissioner Laughlin, who was here earlier, uh, I was freaked out. I was like, I felt like I'd only be, been sitting um, on the commission for 15 minutes. So my vote was to vote in me not becoming chair. It happened again when our former Vice Chair Balbone wanted me to be chair. I tried to decline, she didn't want to do it, so I stepped up. And with that being said, um, I take this very seriously. Um, it's a great honor to lead this commission. Um, previously, we have had some fobbles, some things have gone on that everyone didn't like, but that's just, um, I think, sometimes the way things work. Uh, I'm excited to once again lead this commission. I think you're all amazing individuals. Uh, you have great concerns, you have great voices. So I think once we finally get our work plan where we want it, that we will do some amazing work on behalf of the city. So thank you to each and every one of you and thank you for the confidence in reinstating me. Uh, and with that, I will open it up to my fellow commissioners for comments. Commissioner Aramian. Uh, good evening. First of all, I want to thank everyone here in the chambers. Good evening, fellow commissioners. Um, I also attended the city's hazard mitigation plan on June 28th. It was a very fun event, great time. I just wish there was more attendance there. So I'm hoping more community members will attend the online uh, meeting on June 13th at 6 p.m. I think it's very important that we as a community come together and have a plan 
as a community. Um, I also met with Captain Mulder um, on June 29th. Um, that was a great meeting. That's where we talked about you know, the license plate, license plate readers um, and drones, and it was so interesting talking to him and learning about the different things that uh, the West Hollywood Sheriff's Department is doing to help prevent um, any further crimes happening. They're working very hard. Um, I know they're short staff, but their deputies are working very hard. Um, along with that, even that same night, it was so good seeing deputies on foot patrol. I had not seen deputies on foot patrol in a very long time. So seeing deputies on foot patrol two weeks in a row was amazing. And then making contact with the businesses, knowing us by a first name basis, and having deputies on foot patrol, I believe is a deterrent as well. You know, when people see deputies out on the street, um, they're more prone not to act out. So I would love to see more deputies out on the street, and just it's just a, a breath of fresh air when when I see our our um, deputies on foot patrol. Um, what else do I have? What else do I have? Um, I would also like to see if I could agendize something. Um, I believe that the city of West Hollywood uh, is a wonderful city, and with everything going on in the in our nation right now. I believe that West Hollywood needs some kind of a relay system where businesses can communicate with each other. I spoke with Director Rivas today, um, and I want to know if we could figure out, maybe agendize it. Um, there has to be somewhere, some way that we can find out what's going on. God forbid something happens on the east side and a business owner on the west side. There has to be some way to know what's going on and communicate with each other. So um, I would like to see if we could agendize that, see uh, if we could hopefully discuss that in the future, come up with some kind of a plan. Director Rivas, is this the right time to agendize something like that? Uh, definitely, yeah. This is uh, the right opportunity to uh, see if there is uh, majority support or consensus on uh, agendizing. Um, and it sounds like, you know, based off of our conversation and what you're communicating to the commission members of the public is focus around maybe some uh, communication, uh, whether it's emergency communication or some sort of notification, right, that can be um, involved in terms of uh, communicating incidents um, to businesses, right, throughout the community. Correct. Okay, so would you like to make an, a motion? I would like to make a motion to agendize this, please, yes. Okay, great. I'll second it. Are we in consensus? Yes. Okay. Yes. I see a lot of nodding heads, so yes, we'll 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 go with that. Um, and um, obviously, not uh, looking at the the calendar ahead. You know, we'll uh, bring an item back, and uh, also at that time, even share um, with the commission uh, some of the. Um, enhancements that we're making, um, which will actually be touched on a little bit um, in August um, in terms of establishing um, an enhanced kind of emergency communication method. Um, and so we can definitely agendize that and have that discussion. Thank you. Um, the other thing the other thing I would like to um, talk about is national layouts coming out. I am also a co-captain with my fellow uh, commissioners, Nickel and Chair Hallman. It's going to be a fun time. 
you know, I, I suggest everyone go out, you know, just piggyback on all the communities. We're gonna have a fun time on the east side. Come out and, you know, spend a buck or two and dunk uh, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, any other additional comments? I just wanna say congratulations to Chair Hellman and Vice Chair Salzman. Yes, and also I apologize, Vice Chair Salzman. I neglected to congratulate you um, when I made my comments, so I'm happy to have you beside me. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Salzman, you're up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I did attend another meeting, planning meeting for this uh, new organization called LA Cops, which is a will be an employee association countywide for LGBTQ plus members of law enforcement. And I wanted to thank my fellow commissioners for their vote, their confidence in me. I look forward to working with each of you uh, this year uh, on a variety of topics. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, commissioners, anyone else have comments at this time? Commissioner Blau. <clears throat> Thank you, and as well, congratulations to the both of you. Very excited. Um, so over the last month, it's been rather busy for me. Um, with the assistance of Lieutenant Lapkin, as I mentioned earlier, I had the opportunity to do not one, but two ride-alongs with the LA Sheriff's Department. And I would definitely recommend my fellow commissioners to take the time to do um, ride-alongs and get some firsthand experience with all of our uh, public safety um, service providers. This quarter, I decided it was the sheriff. Next quarter, it's uh, fire department. Got that one lined up, so that's coming in. Um, on, on a Thursday morning, as I mentioned, I did a ride-along Thursday morning with uh, a patrol unit uh, riding along in their vehicle as they were just you know, patrolling around. One of the big things that I want to share with everyone um, is about, again, the, the topic, the automatic license plate reading cameras and the technology there. I have spoken previously um, about the, the kind of concerns I had with the utilization of uh, kind of the automated technology, the concerns over data retention of the, the logs effectively of when all these cars are going past certain intersections. Um, and I was a little apprehensive and, and unclear about the benefit that we were getting out of there. Um, we have such a huge benefit that we get out of it. That's, that's what I will say. Sitting there, you know, there's the, there's the computer in the sheriff's car. Um, while we're sitting there, they're just getting immediate like ping, ping, ping. Not like, not like a crazy amount, but they're just getting pinged with, you know, um, license plate is a stolen license plate, stolen car, these kinds of things. And there's one portion of it that's automated where it's reading the license plate, checking against the logs. Then there's a human fallback to it as well, where the deputy sees an image, the, the camera picture of um, the license plate plus what it's supposed to be matched to, and a full detail of what exactly is being matched uh, against and if they have the need or priority to um, kind of respond to that and potentially pull, pull the person over, or if it's something um, less severe, like a stolen license plate, as an example. Um, I believe, as well, my concerns previously over the data retention have been uh, resolved as well. The 
the privacy policy that I originally received um, stated that the data logs would be um, kept for up to three years, which was very concerning to me um, in general about collecting that much data. Um, Director Revis helped me understand that that's been changed or adjusted and potentially I think that that privacy policy that I received was inaccurate and I believe it's 30 or 90 days. Um, if you, do you know? Yeah, our, our new system will be just 30 days. Amazing. Um, and so I think that that provides a good balance between allowing people time to um, file reports uh, about incidents and collect that data without um, a huge concern of just you know collecting a lot of data, which could be um, at risk for you know cybersecurity attacks, um, for lack of for lack of a better concern. Um, I also had to sit down with Captain Mulder, which was great. Great to have that dialogue um, and appreciate that. And then I did a ride along with the entertainment policing team um, with Detective Artiga. Um, we started pretty early for a Friday night. It was like 7 p.m. Um, and so, you know, the bar hour wasn't like quite amongst us yet. Um, and so what we did was just go around and do a little bit of community policing effectively, making contact with businesses. You know, there's been, unfortunately, uh, a rise in anti-Semitism. So we went and made contact with the synagogue over on the east side, um, which was great. And then um, one thing that I want to point out and um, give commendation to is during one of the routine um, business check-ins in West Hollywood, um, while checking in with the security guard there, um, there was someone that was a, a serial repeat shoplifter and the business wanted to press charges against them. Um, so I got to watch and witness the entire process from you know, watching, um, waiting for them to actually try and exit and shoplift uh, the arrest um, all the way through to booking um, over at the jail. Um, and the thing that I noted, and I've never, I've never kind of seen that whole process before, um, was that you know, even though it was a very high intensity um, situation for everyone involved and very stressful, that um, there was the utmost care and respect provided to the individual, and especially of note is that the individual was um, a community member who is not only experiencing homelessness, but as well transgender. Um, here at the, in West Hollywood, we ensure that our sheriffs receive extra training on LGBTQ um, issues and handling um, community members like that. Um, and I just want to point out that <clears throat> uh, again, that the utmost care and respect was provided to that individual throughout the entire process. You know, even, you know, not once were they misgendered, treated unduly, unfair, or, you know, otherwise, in my perspective, um, mishandled the situation. So I really appreciate that. Huge commendations to um, the, all of the Sheriff's Department, as well to uh, Deputy Artiga, and then Deputy Ceballos, who I did those two ride-alongs with. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's all I want to talk about. That was a, that was a lot, but thank you very much, um, and looking forward to uh, getting to see the Fire Department coming up soon. That's all I've got. Thank you. Um, commissioners, before we close, any other comments?
Okay, great. Um, I agree with you. I suggested we all, if we can, do the ride-alongs. I've done one. Um, my nighttime ride-along recently um, is going to be rescheduled, and I need to um, touch base with fire um, to do that. But yeah, I think they're important. We can learn a tremendous amount. So with that being said, we are adjourned until our next scheduled meeting, which is Monday, August 14th, which will be our special meeting with City Council. Thank you, everyone. Good night.